Hey, KFC Radio listeners, you can find every episode of KFC Radio on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. I think I'd do better in a foursome than a threesome. It's another edition of KFC Radio on the Barstool Sports Network. I'm a full-blown Twitter addict. I don't think that's I don't think that's news to anybody. No. I think you maybe once were, but you're certainly not anymore. You've broken your addiction. I, feel like I wouldn't say I've broken it because it still is like I still have like the phantom vibrations and stuff like well, that. Well, I mean, listen, addiction, you know, it lives with you forever. It's not like it just goes yeah. away. So you're not using anymore. I've, I'm, I'm, well, no, it's not. I mean, I probably sent like 30 tweets yesterday. Well, you can tweet socially. Like you can drink socially. Yes, I'm know? actively aware of the problem. And yeah, I'm you're working at working it. Working at it. Uh, I, you know, Twitter to me is a top five invention and a bottom five invention because I think it's incredible what you can get for free. And what unfolds in it, I think it's, you know, people, I don't, I think people kind of take it for granted that it's like, we kind of have unfiltered, unfettered access to like some of the biggest celebrities, the most important minds, and you'll get them in their moments of weakness when they're like emotional or drunk or fucked up or whatever. And they send off their actual thoughts. It's like, it that's always my, been my favorite reason why Clooney doesn't have a Twitter. Cause he knows he, he says, I like to drink at night. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. And like, but Clooney, you can tweet drunk, bro. Nobody would give up. Well, it's like Chris Evans nude slipping. It's like, whatever. He, I mean, no one's ever owned that better than he did. Ever. Well, he, he I, I, I actually, I don't love him making it all political. Well, but but he, I don't think, I mean, he had that one tweet, yeah. yes. But then, like, he was on talk shows on Monday. Was he just and clowning the, around about it? And it was just like, yeah. he was like, yeah, was a cock. bit of a long weekend. <laughs> he learned some lessons and blah, But blah, when blah. you're... When A, we've talked about it, it wasn't like too raunchy or like bad. You're not married. It's not like it was a cheating scandal. It's not like you're embarrassing another girl. It's just you. You can just be like, yeah. Firing off a hammer. I got a cock. I know. It also helps that it's a great day. <laughs> but um, I, so for all those reasons, I think that Twitter is, you know, one of the best things ever. There's also the other side of it where it, you get access to just the worst of the worst. And people, what, like, there's the bad side of Twitter that's like you can get like white supremacist like groups and they have their codes that they tweet mm-hmm. and that's like bad, truly hateful, despicable shit that it sucks that we're giving them a platform and a way to connect in a serious way. On a not so serious and a more fun way, you're giving a platform to people who think they're funny or they're going to try to be funny or they think they're going to try to be poignant and say some shit. It's like a podcast. And then they <laughs> – but we're good at it. They're not. I speak for yourself. They are decidedly – listen, you can give yourself enough credit to say that you are funnier and more, like, aware, certainly, and more normal than some of these, like, blue-check journalists who are out yes. there using Twitter. The bar is low. But super yes. low, but we are well ahead of that. And, um, I mean, I know it was a big deal. I know it was a big – a momentous moment and a sad tragedy. But the death of Ruth Bader's Gins- Gin- Ruth Bader Ginsburg brought out the worst of people trying to be funny and trying to say some shit. I mean, you know, whenever there's a death or a moment and everyone's got to get their tweets off, you're bound to find a bunch that are like, oh, yikes. But this was insane. How did you stumble upon these two? Um, these two in particular. Were they, were they viral or did you find them? 
one, I'm trying to remember them. Ruth Conda, I believe I was tagged in, and I found, it's not like I found it early, it had, but it had like a thousand retweets. Mm. She hadn't gone private yet. So I think I was on that early. I think I might have been the tipping point for her. <laughs> I tweeted it, and she went private, which I do believe she she deserves to be clowned for that, but I don't like thinking, like, that girl probably had, like, a shitty night. Basically, because of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other that is one. That's always tough. Like, ah, everyone, that person. Right. It's like, I don't feel good about that. <laughs> you know? And then once I tweeted that, people started sending me the, the, the Chadwick one. So if you're unaware of the tweets we're talking about, RBG dies and um, these tweets get sent out. One was from Alexandra Lee Caps. She was a private, uh, she's a blue check, like I think a journalist or something. Just told my 10 year old daughter about RBG. She had tears in her eyes. And then she did the Wakanda pose and said, Ruth Conda forever, which is the sort of pop culture crossover I can celebrate. Now, if you're for the, the uninitiated, the uninitiated, the un, you know, the, the normal people out there who are not deep in the Twitter world, the uh, I just told my five year old this. I my my five my six year old told me, like, how am I supposed to explain to my there's this there's this it started out as real. Like right. there were people who actually how am I supposed to explain this to my kids? Or they they told a story that like their their seven year old said this, and then it became something to clout chase where people started making those up, and then it became a joke. Mm-hmm. So this was a ill guided attempt to take that. Was her ten year old? She said yes. No, no, no chance. No. But you can tell like some people were like, dude, you know that's not real. It's like I know it's not real. She was trying to mock that and be funny and poignant about a Twitter, basically like a Twitter meme in a way, right? You know, it's not like Oh, a, she's not being real? I don't think I I don't give people the benefit of the doubt anymore. Okay, well, so this is this is this is a debate. I I texted Coley because he was the only other one tweeting about it, and I said the Ruth Conda tweet. Do you think that's A real? Like like A, she actually She's trying to trying to say that happened. B, she's joking. C, she's it's a bad attempt at the joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said he thinks it was like she's trying to do the, the kid joke thing, and it's just and he, and he, and she thought that people were going to like it, and she didn't. My first reaction, because if you look at the rest of her tweets before they, before she went private, there was no other jokes. It wasn't like she was like, "LOL, like you get it, guys? Like I did the kid thing." She was just dead serious. So my first reaction was that was real. Did she ever retweet so? someone being like Mm-mm. over your heads or whatever? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. See, that's usually that- like when I, when I like. That's real. Try and make a joke, and that people don't get, and people like think I'm being serious. I'll usually retweet one person. With the bat, the Superman thing, the joke going over your head. So just like acknowledge, like, yo, I was kidding. Correct. And if you didn't retweet that, I think you're serious. I think so too. So that was my reaction. I'm happy to hear that because then I was like, all right, listen, maybe now I'm being the sucker. I thought best case scenario for her, she's trying to be funny and miss the mark. But I think this was real. I like, think people like this is clearly a joke, and I was like. I don't think it is. No, I think she's honestly trying to pretend that her 10-year-old daughter. Right. And now we all it, agree that that story is not real. Right. Yes. Yeah. Oh, this is Wakanda. I thought it was the black, the, the, the black no. Kennedy, the Wakanda, uh, uh, the, the cross. So, so that started. So, yeah, I think she, she was like, this is going to be fire. Like, I'm getting I'm two birds with one stone. Mm-hmm. It's a callback to Chadwick Boseman because obviously that's the point. Chadwick Boseman also died, and now they're, you know, they've unfortunately both passed. Then this one was just an attempt at, a hypothetical fictional scenario. This guy, Ryan Parker tweets, RBG greeting Chadwick quotations, King Chadwick greeting RBG queen. <laughs> and my favorite part about this was the fir- the top reply was 
easily the worst tweet in the world. <laughs> I mean, those are, I, I, I said, uh, this is like the bad tweet Olympics. Like, who you got? This is a showdown, man. This is a, and then I'd like to give a shout out. So I, I was so moved by this. It was Friday night. This, this struck such a chord. Let me tell you what happened at my house. I was sitting at home. I was eating some dinner, late dinner. And I, and these happened. And I was like, oh my God, this, these, these are historic. This is a landmark moment mm-hmm. for Twitter. And so I actually did some research and I found out I, the numbers on Twitter are staggering. The numbers on Twitter are staggering. Let me get the exact ones because I want to get it right. But as of now, now it's obviously different, you know, in like 2010 when there was a fraction of the people on Twitter. But the amount of tweets that get sent every day in the year, two, in the year 2020, 5,000 tweets are sent how often do you think? What per second. Th- per second. That's 500 million tweets a day. And it's been around for 15 years. Now, like I said, obviously in the beginning, not nearly that big. But we're talking about probably like, you know, trillions of tweets. And I, in my opinion, in, in one 38-minute span, the two worst tweets of all time are sent. <laughs> and then I did even follow up. I have to give a, a – we have to maybe – I don't know if we have to congratulate him or perhaps – Offer condolences, but I think Nick has fully been indoctrinated and institutionalized at Barcelona Sports because without prompting, without asking, he sent me a deep fake face thing of Chadwick Boseman and RBG, two people who are fucking dead, <laughs> one of which who just died like mere hours ago, and he sends me RBG's face on Chadwick Boseman doing the Wakanda pose. <laughs> so I tweeted that out and I said, Ruth Conda forever. And I was like, arguably, I have the third worst tweet of all time because I just tweeted out two dead people with a gif just trying to be funny. But that was that came from Nick Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, I thought I was going to get in trouble for that one. From yeah, and then I tweeted I was, it. I was, I was waiting. I was like, I'll fall on. I'll get in trouble for it. Like, <laughs> it was funny as shit, though. Um, and then, then they just start rolling in. It was, it, it got, it arguably got worse with some of the other like attempts at, uh, at like, I guess, yeah, trying to be poignant. Um, this one came from Sima Sistani. I started crying and my kids were like, what happened, mom? I tell them a hero died. My son says, you mean like Iron Man? I said, no, like Wonder Woman. <laughs> oh my God. These are so bad. How do you fucking... Look, I have plenty of bad tweets in my day. Millions of them. Well, not millions of them, but thousands of them. I have lots and lots and lots of bad tweets. And I would never in a million years send something like that. Never. I mean, fucking insane. That's when you're... Like, we're normal. Like, when your funny gauge is just off, you're just, like, miscalibrated. You're like, this will be funny. Or this will make people go, like, wow, yeah, bro. And it's like, no. Nobody's going to react to that. And then... It's also so weird just that, like, the human brain is programmed to be like, oh, a person I respect died. How can I make – how, how, how can I, like, get some clout on yeah. this? Yeah, yep. And, and you do it in the form of, like, you're not – I'm not looking for clout. I, like, wanted to pay respects. And it's like, it does not matter. You paying respects to this person via Twitter no. means zero. But these are, like, um, you know, these are, like, kind of like nobodies, no disrespect. But then Jessica Chastain weighs in. And maybe maybe it's even – to be expected more so because she's like a Hollywood, you know, liberal, I believe, like hardcore to that side. So maybe, of course, she's doing this. But I thought even worse, like, you know, you're you're you worry about your image. You worry about yep. being perceived as funny and all that shit. So maybe you should be a little more savvy. 
She says, I showed this drawing to my two-year-old daughter this morning. It's the picture of uh, RBG with the notorious crown because she was the notorious RBG. I showed this picture to my two-year-old daughter this morning. Two years old, bro. Two. And asked if she knew who it was. She smiled and said, RBG, thank you for fighting for all of us. There's no way that a two-year-old knows but so, who Ruth Bader Ginsburg so then, is. So then I go back. Like, you're, you're thinking that she's really trying to be serious. Because, like, this one, two years old is so young that I'm like, all right, maybe she was doing the joke. But I don't think she's, she's, she's an actress. She's not, like, a Twitter degenerate like we are. She doesn't know that's, like, a thing to mock. She's not being, like, I'm going to do the, the, the I'll, I'll mockingly joke, like, the, the, that style of tweet. But she's really trying to so see. You, you think it's really? Yes, I think yeah. I don't give you the benefit of the doubt anymore. If you make two. something not funny, I, mean, I just two. I just I take it at face value. You said something not funny, not interesting, not real. The, and these tweets are so bad, so awful, awfully bad that they overshadowed, which is one of the worst tweets of all time this weekend from Celtics Nation, Gordon Hayward, which was Gordon Hayward in fatigues in a wheelchair talking, and it was like, "Thank you, Gordon Hayward, for like your service." It was insane. He played with like the exact one, like, like what, the exact wording. Up. He played four weeks after he sprained his ankle. <laughs> yeah, I mean he fucked his shit up, but still, yeah. I mean he was. I mean it was an ankle. It was an ankle injury. It was an ankle yeah. sprain. Oh, well, not I, a break. I, I thought I thought we were that was in reference to like his like original. No, injury. he's coming back from an ankle sprain. They're talking about that injury. Yeah, I think so. Like I mean that was the other one it was two years ago. He's more than healed. Well, yeah, I, I thought like like hey guys, we're over that one. But I thought it was at least when he like broke his fucking shit. No, I think it was either the last regular season game or like this one of the said, first games in the bubble or second game against the Sixers. Maybe I forget. But he sprained his ankle. Celtics Nation on Twitter uh, on Facebook said, "Winning isn't everything; it's the only thing." Picture of Gordon Hayward in fatigues, uh, in the wheelchair, looking like uh, looking like Ben the Soldier, looking like Ben the coming Soldier coming home, and he's like confused sunny. why people thought and he was, like, and also just like floating with the guard in the background, <laughs> you know. And the quote from Gordon Hayward said, "I'm definitely not 100 percent." Oh, yeah, it's definitely, yeah. I can't believe I didn't, like, put two and two together. I'm definitely not 100%, but it is what it is. This is the Eastern Conference Finals, so I'm going to give us whatever I can. Like, Which is a fine statement for Gordon Hayward to make, sh- as long as someone doesn't fucking turn with- him into a soldier returning home from Iraq in a wheelchair or Afghanistan or wherever the hell he was serving. <laughs> like, he, did, he, he sprained his ankle, guys. I can't. I mean, that's like Gordon Hayward like, should be able to sue those guys. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Uh, by the way, one other uh, RBG one was this came from Amy Edwards. RBG is my son's hero. Probably not. <laughs> he said, take me to D.C. to put flowers on the steps of the Supreme Court. So we're leaving from Oklahoma right now. That one she followed up and said he's 18. So at least it's like plausible that he's old enough. But. I mean, if my kid says, I want to go put flowers, and we live in Oklahoma, I said, like, I mean, fucking, we'll do that over Zoom. You better shit. mail those things, brother, because I'm not driving from Oklahoma to D.C. in the middle of a pandemic. The middle, I mean, she, this was at 1.35 a.m. We're and leaving the problem from with Oklahoma right things. now. She got up at 1.35 in the morning and said, we're driving to D.C. for you, honey. And by the way, if you're not a chick, you're not allowed to stand RBG, okay? <laughs> I get it. She was absolutely incredible for, for women everywhere. She did some shit for women, like. Like from property owning to voting to like major major things that like I didn't even know were an issue during. And the she problem with all this so stuff old. is you end up like mocking someone's yes. legacy by like this stupidity. I like, honestly, yes, she's a great person, yes. no doubt. And now we're talking about this. Don't instead. be a fucking idiot about it, hoping to get retweets. Like yeah, just like I don't just say like rest in peace, RBG. How fucking hard sure. is that? Sure. Or yeah, or you you can list all her accomplishments. You can even say, but like to to once you. 
joking or not, trying to pass it off as real or mocking the format of the tweet. If you're talking about your 10-year-old did XYZ, you're the worst. It's the worst. It's the worst, especially if you're trying to pass it off as real. If you really want me to believe that, like, your four-year-old had tears in her eyes because of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, go kill yourself. And I, I, you're just wrong, and you're fucking, like, not, you're not ruining her legacy, obviously. But again, but you're talking, changing the conversation on Twitter. Exactly. Then from what, like, like it should I be. When I saw the tweet that was just a list of, like, she ruled on this, she voted on this, she established this, and it was all things that I thought went out the window during, like, the Civil War. <laughs> and it was still a problem for women in her lifetime. Like, we should be talking about that. Instead, we're talking about the Ruth Conda forever, which is an, I might get a Ruth Conda tattoo. <laughs> That's how good that is. And, by the way, don't forget, this is coming off the week where we had the, um, uh, we had the Big Ten tweets that I never asked to be a hero in the fight for Big Ten football. I just wanted to watch the Badgers play. That's the thing about heroes. We never asked to be in these moments. We just happen to find ourselves here. Thanks to everyone who joined the fight. That was, and then there was the one about uh, 9-11 and D-Day. And then there was the girl who said this is the darkest day in Big Ten mm-hmm. history, even though there was a full fucking... People shouldn't be allowed... Like, people shouldn't be allowed to tweet. Strip the First Amendment. You, no, you don't... I, I'm calling for an end Honestly, you're right. Uh, you that, don't get to say whatever you want. That, Not anymore. And, and whichever... Uh, we talked about it with Cal... Is Cal Penn came out already? Yes. Yep. We talked about it with Cal Penn, too. Whatever amendment lets you vote and whatever amendment lets you speak... Get rid, Get rid of all of, of them. No, People do it. not deserve to speak their mind, and they certainly don't be able to. They don't deserve to be able to control the fate of our country because people are stupid. There should be a, t- a Twitter test. Would you? Would you? Would you sign up for a different app that had, if, if we could somehow do this, that like filtered out the the like dumb and unfunny people, or as part of the fun of Twitter finding those? No, I think it's part of the fun. Yeah. It's part of the, it's part of the the mental anguish it puts you through, yeah. but it does. It does help to laugh occasionally. Be like, look, I, at least I'm not this bad. I do like love the new ratio, by the way, because now that Twitter quote uh, measures the quote tweets, yeah. when you see like 136 retweets, 5,296 quote tweets, because everyone's going, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> it's amazing. The ratio is 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 deeper and more you know specific than ever. What a week for the bird, man! What what a moment for is this a new thing? The bird? I I like I call I it like the bird. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The bird is the bird's my friend. The bird is, uh, but I mean, God, those people are. When when that happens, when you send a tweet, I don't. I never. I've sent bad tweets, not not that category of bad tweets. Correct. But when you fire off a tweet that I've never fired off one being like, got them, <laughs> and then it's bad. But I'll just fire off some shit like you know whatever. Um, and people are like, dude, what? That feeling of just like, oh, oh, oh fuck, you know, the horse is out of the barn. It's, it's worse than sending like a, a, a risky sex. Yeah, you're like, fuck it, like this, like you turn your phone off, you throw mm-hmm. it across the room. Mm-hmm. It is, it it weighs on your psyche for a long time. Mm-hmm. It it it, bar- it, you it changes you it. as a person. It does. When you, when you send a tweet that's getting dunked on, it changes oh. you as a person <laughs> forever, forever. You'll you, remember that forever. Yeah, you yeah. it. it 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 significantly alters Although, who you are. I, I also do want to say we have you got to keep the dunk, uh, like threshold high, like you can't dunk on uh like things that don't really deserve it. You know what I mean? Like I, these are gonna stand out in my mind. Yeah. So when we drag someone, make sure they're draggable. <laughs> if you tweet you tweet about a girl and everyone's like oh like horny police, like no, you're just tweeting about a female. Mm-hmm. That's not you don't deserve to get like dragged for that. You tweet out like a prediction that was wrong, like. It happens, you know. You gotta, you gotta wait for people to be like proud about being funny or thinking that they like outsmarted everyone, and then you drag. 
keep keep your your dunking threshold high, folks. But uh, boy. Those people, they had to be sitting at home. Just they should. Like, you should. You done? should lose your Twitter account. You should at least you lose should, your blue check. If, if, if you are are dunked on to that extent, you should lose or, your Twitter. Or how about at least a suspension? You know, when you get that thing that says like you have to like. Have we reported these tweets? We should report. We should. <laughs> we should. They should be Usually, when you get Twitter, when you go to Twitter jail, it says like here's the tweet in question. You have to delete it, and now like you have to serve your twelve, eighteen, whatever you hour suspension. Yeah, you should have right. to pin your tweet. Right, You're a bad one. So when people look at your Twitter, uh, your your profile, That's a good one. they're like, they're not worth. Like following. we're not going to suspend you. We're going to let this be active, but you, it's like a scarlet letter. Yeah, we're going to brand you. It automatically you becomes might, like your fucking. We might have picture. to brand you with that tweet. You burn <laughs> it into your chest, and every time you take your shirt off, like what's that? It's like well, one time I said my ten year old was crying because RBG and Twitter made me brand it. <laughs> yeah, like like glorious <laughs> bastards. Yes, it's exactly. not it's not branded. It's carved into you. <laughs> we just fixed Twitter, man. Yeah, twi- I mean, Twitter has, it's good, it's bad, it can be fun, it can be ugly, but Fubo TV ain't nothing bad about it. It's all good, no bad, and it's, it's the future. Because everyone's been talking about cutting the cable, cutting the cord for years. And really, up until recently, it was not feasible. It was not possible. Mm-hmm. And now, because of people like Fubo TV, it really is. If you're sick of cable, you're sick of paying, uh, I mean, I pay probably like 160 bucks, and I pay a couple more. It's probably $200 for my cable, uh, and I don't want to do that anymore. And Fubo, but I have to. I, at least I thought I did because of, I wanted sports and I wanted live news and uh, like regular TV. And I thought, you know, oh, you can only get streaming services, so I'm going to miss a lot. Not anymore. Fubo TV comes with the live sports, the news, the primetime TV. No complicated contract. No cable company to deal with. I mean, do you remember like my fights with Time Warner back in the day? Yeah. Like, God, Time Warner like borderline ruined my life for a few years, and now. That's that's a thing of the past. That's going to be me. Like gather around, children. I'm going to tell you about a time you used to have to call the cable company and fight with them. I'm I'm literally doing it as we speak. Are you? So yeah, I need to switch spot. over to Fubo. Just go to Fubo, man. Yeah. Sixty five bucks a month. That's it. Cable's like two hundred bucks. You're gonna get everything you need for sixty five. It's incredible. Same channel, same everything. You get what you need. And let's be honest. How many how many channels do you really watch? I watch three. I watch SNY for the Mets, MSG for the Knicks. I do want the Yes Network to like watch the Yankees when I need to. Um, I basically do ESPN. And I don't even think I watch ESPN anymore. I mean, you know, I'll need it for like primetime games, but like other than that, I'm, yeah, I'm never ESPN. I'm never tuning in. I'm not tuning into like the ESPN programming anymore. Like the shows. I don't I think I just need like the three local sports channels for me. And I think that's it. And I'm paying two hundred bucks for that. You go to Fubo, you can get everything you need, uh, plus the streaming services and all that. And you don't have to pay for a DVR. You don't have to pay for installation. These are just things that it just, you plug it in, you're good to go. You can have DVR, rewind. It's crazy that cable's like, DVR is an extra. Do you want DVR? Do you want to be able to rewind? And buy? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Bare minimum, bro. So anyway, uh, Fubo has made it actually feasible to cut the cord now. You're not just going to be some hipster doofus trying to prove a point. NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, Premier League, La Liga, college sports, all of it. And right now, if you don't believe it, you can try it out for seven days for free. Risk-free tryout. Uh, go to FuboTV.com slash KFC. This is actually a great deal. You get the seven-day free trial, which really is important to prove to yourself that because it is it's like jumping in the deep end. It's like, I'm really going to not have a cable? Yeah. Like, oh, my God. So you can try the you can do the trial, keep your cable, and then if you don't like it, whatever, you're still good. And you get 15% off your first month. So that's what, like 15? What's 15% of, uh, of, of 65, John? 
Fuck off. You're going to be saving like 15 bucks probably. It's like 50 bucks for your first month. So go to FuboTV.com slash KFC. That's F-U-B-O-T-V.com slash KFC. Get the free trial and 15% off your first month. Today's episode, we got the legendary, truly legendary Colin Quinn on the show. Uh, You saw his ATI. If you haven't seen it yet, go check it out on YouTube. It is over Zoom. Uh, so it loses a little bit of its uh, pizzazz, but it's a, I mean, Colin Quinn's one of those guys. I could, I just want to hear his thoughts on like everything. Yeah. I want to just be like, what's your thoughts on bottled water? What's your thoughts on Oreos? What's your thoughts on? I mean, his story everything. where he tells about doing Bobby De Niro's, De Niro. Bobby De Niro, like mm. I'm his friend, Robert De Niro's fucking birthday party, 60th birthday, I believe it was, it's incredible. is in all time. Tip. I actually have a theory that, uh, I mean, it's not that. I'm sure many people think this, but like comedians are always still pretty cool because like they get rich and famous, but they'll still bomb. Mm-hmm. Like once you're an actor, I guess, no, I guess you can have a bomb movie, but like you just like forget about that. You know, it's just like, okay, that movie bombed, whatever. On to the next one. Once you're really established, next blockbuster, next, next Oscar, whatever. When you're a comic, I mean, Colin Quinn is as, you know, established as it gets. We talk about it in the interview. He's the comics comic. You ask any comedian who's your favorite comic, they say two people, David Tell, Colin Quinn. For whatever reason, he actually explains what his, you know, hypothesis is, why he believes that to be true. But he also tells a story about uh, doing an event for Robert De Niro's birthday, and he just, like, I I don't want to give it away, but he bombed so bad something happened to him that is impossible. (laughs) And, you know, he was humbled in that moment. Like, yeah, I got a tough crowd and I did these movies and I made this money, but like I had a whole crew of very famous people all laughing at me being like, yo, you stink. (laughs) It just keeps you in check, you know? Uh, So a great interview with Colin um, where he, you know, he decided to sit about a hundred feet away from his computer for zoom would have, would have appreciated Colin maybe uh, popping in the microphone or some headphones or not sitting a football field away from his <laughs> laptop. But, hey, uh, whatever. He's Colin. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. We'll also get into our voicemails. We'll do our top fives in a minute. But first, uh, this podcast is coming to you live from Barstool HQ in Manhattan, New York, which has been officially declared an anarchist jurisdiction. It is one of my favorite titles of all time. Ever. I'm, three people, three places in the entire country right now. Seattle and Portland, which they're also mocking this, by the way. But they Portland deserves the title a little bit more. If you've seen some of the videos coming out of Portland, it's a little bit of anarchy. But New York City is the third on the list. An anarchist jurisdiction because, um, quote, we have permitted violence and destruction of property. Uh, like unchecked, like we have. What I mean, like the the riots and the protests were like over three months ago. I would actually imagine. I bet you this is like they put the paperwork in. Maybe more than that to have them be declared anarchist, and then like it just went through because of politics and like red tape. I mean, this is a total political chess move. Basically, if you have been declared an anarchist jurisdiction, that allows the president or other federal uh, branches of the government to cut off funding. So they can be like, we're not giving New York any money. We're not giving you any assistance or resources because you are an anarchist jurisdiction and you're allowing violence and uh, destruction of property to go on unchecked. Uh, you are permitting that sort of behavior. So that's all it really means. I'm wearing but- a black sweatshirt. That's about the most <laughs> anarchist thing that's happening so today, in New York City. I mean, I'm wearing a black one as well. Sad boy season. The shirts are out now. The gear's out now. I had a black hat on and I had my hood up and then my mask was also black. And I was like, I look like an agent provocateur. <laughs> uh, and that, but what was very funny was yesterday as, uh, as you listen to this, it was a 
picturesque day in Manhattan. Like blue skies as far as you can see. Dude, it's been like that for like weeks. I've never loved Manhattan more than I love it. Oh, it's great. It's fucking perfect. There aren't a ton of people. There were kids playing, dogs barking, people eating ice cream, guys playing music in the park. I was like, this is an anarchist jurisdiction. It's the, the craziest thing we do is we fucking have tables in the street. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's as You're nuts taking as up it the is block. Here. Yeah, it, it's, it's fucking awesome. It's amazing. It's, it, it's it's so awesome that I love the term anarchist. I want to. I hope. I, mean, I hope we don't shake it. I want to keep that yes, term forever. It's it's. I will always describe. Like, I'm gonna start writing it just. It's anarchist jurisdiction, comma, New York. Yeah. It's not New York. Or like like when people say the Big Apple or uh, the Concrete Jungle, it's the anarchist jurisdiction. The big anarchy. (laughs) That's a great term. That that feels more like a a good term for a person. Like, yo, that's the big anarchy over there. But yeah, we are the big anarchy. Welcome. I I actually, so I filmed One Minute Man on that, and uh, that was, I told Nick, I probably couldn't have filmed the video that I filmed even maybe even like six months ago, but certainly a couple of years ago. I'm still getting nervous like with people watching and I don't want to be the asshole in public mm. and stuff like that. And I had a helmet on. I had that Irish curling stick, which, by the way, there's this like one of the guys who sells trees on the block. You know, like, you, like when you walk right out on 28th Street. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He was like, what is that stick? Man? First of all, he was like, yo, 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 man, yo, man. And I was like. This is sometimes I just assume they're homeless, you know, <laughs> and then I was like, this is just a person who's just asking me a question, like give him the respect and respond to him. So I was like, what's up, man? He's like, what is that stick? So I was like, I don't know. It's like a fucking Irish hurling, curling stick, Hurl. whatever. And then on the way back, we saw him again. He's like, yo, let me get one of those, man. I was like, I don't have these <laughs> things just lying around. I didn't invent it. I'm not the creator. I'm not up at the, at the office like, whittling <laughs> these. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I did this video where I was mocking, you know, the lack of anarchy, and I'm like around these kids and around these old people. And at one point, I dropped to my knees in Madison Square Park, and I go, "Anarchy!" And I was just like, "People are probably watching me, going like, fuck, there is anarchy.' Yeah, yeah this here. is an anarchy jurisdiction, <laughs> which is I'm not, I'm never going to be able to say smoothly. Uh, it, it is a mouthful too. Yeah. That's 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 part of the fun, anarchist jurisdiction. Uh, but I mean, we had the New York is dead thing. We had that battle. And we're just taking it a step further. It's not dead. It's alive. It's just pure anarchy. It's, it's, it's chaos here. It's chaos in the streets. I uh, I wonder, like, I need Cuomo to, like, he, he's, he's kind of, like, responded back. But I need him to be like, you want, you want to see anarchy? I'll give you fucking anarchy. Let's go real New York on you. So shout out to everybody who lives in New York. We are, we are the anarchists. I heart anarchy. The, I do love it. The, the love big it. anarchy. We, we got to send, like, postcards, like, like greetings from the big anarchy. There is like a bit of a difference where it's like like at, at night. Yes, at night you're like, all right, this sure. is like there's no one. Here. I was walking it's- last night and I had I had my head like buried in my phone, like on Twitter. I was reading tweets about the Pats and the uh, Seahawks, and I was like, all right, I probably shouldn't do. It. Like a couple guys like passed me that I was like, mm, they could have just like clocked me in the face and robbed me, and I wouldn't have like had my head on a swivel at all. Like yeah. But a, those are things that like kind of have always been true in New York, and and they're just exacerbated by the fact that there's like there's nobody around. Right. There's no it's like how I always described Philly when we were there. Yeah, like the homeless. There was the same amount of homeless people. It was else. just there's no regular mm-hmm. people. So it's like all right, this is a little weird. It's a little like Walking Dead esque. If you're at like two o'clock in the morning, yes, yeah, the streets are pretty empty. It's a little, it's a little a, weird. A little it's a little, creepy. it's a little creepy. But like anarchy to me implies like we're doing Molotov cocktails. Mm-hmm. We're doing you know. I mean that's why when I saw Portland was complaining about it. I was like, I mean, guys, you're getting thrown into unmarked minivans and shit. You're like, you, you got your own like designated areas of, of 
of like designed anarchy. I think you kind of deserve it. I don't know about Seattle, uh, but I think in any city, there's parts that are bad and there's parts that are good. And uh, but right now, like I feel like it, we had those really hot nights where people were getting shot and shit, and like even that's kind of subsided. It's just like autumn in New York City. It's <laughs> it's sad boy season. We're not a, we're not causing anarchy. We're just fucking listening to sad songs at dark bars, drinking dark liquor. We're just we're not bothering anybody. No one whatsoever. Certainly not anarchy. Except Shit. actually, I do. I want to get. There was a, a, a situation last week. I want to give a shout out to my girlfriend because she's oh. badass. We don't take no shit. Yeah. Some dude in Home Goods was like, or TJ Maxx. We talked about it. Was it Home Goods? I hope it was Home Goods because we were talking about Home Goods last time. I said Home Goods is no good. I think I was proven right. This was. Some guy Ladies, walked be by because <laughs> it actually it's happened with Casey too. Where like Casey was like a, that dude with a boner on the subway, like mm-hmm. following her. Mm-hmm. And but at least Casey's a bird. <laughs> at least Casey's like six three. You know she can handle herself. Your girl's like five foot nothing, hundred pounds, and was ready to fucking bark on this dude. Some dude. I, I wasn't there. I was at the office. I was working, and she was in Home Goods. And some dude walked by her, and she had headphones in, and he said, "I want to fuck that pussy." And she was like, there's no way he said that. Like He was mumbling. Could like, not possibly have actually said that. That didn't happen. And he walked to the end of the aisle and then walked back. And he goes, and I want to fuck those tits, too. And that's when <laughs> Which the dog a, got off the leash. It is a funny way, by the way, to be like, oh, and also. <laughs> and also <laughs> if I am going to sexually harass you, let me make sure I cover all my bases. And she just started laying into him, caused a fucking scene at home. Goods, that weren't how she described it, like a security guard or a manager or whatever came over. And she said, did you want to tell him what you said or should yeah, I? Yeah, like a little fucking Woo! infant. Like. <laughs> It's like and and he wasn't he was just like no ma'am. Like, He's no. like what 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 and she's like keep saying what keep saying what I fucking and, know what and, you said. And the other girl who was there was like I fucking heard it too. Yeah. The girls rallied against this creep. That's that's God. some anarchy shit. Yeah, you want anarchy? Fucking watch out for a girl like that, man. <laughs> that that's pure anarchy. That is just some. I, I don't I, understand I know guys. That stuff I, like, happens, but I can't believe between it, you know? that happening to Casey and that those both happened in the same week and like. Look, I know men are pieces of shit, and I know we're trash and all that I stuff. Mean, I think um, some of that's almost like mental illness when it goes that far. But in general, like, what do you get out of that? Are you embarrassed? What, yeah. Like, like, who? What, what do? What? Like, what do you get? It's probably a power thing. Probably like you feel power by fucking telling someone when you want to have sex with them. Probably you're a fucking loser. Fucking loser. All guys are fucking losers. I men are trash. I was very upset about that. I've calmed down. It happened last week. But like I was like, what the what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? Yeah, that's some that is some like truly despicable. Because like in that guy's mind, it's like he's probably like, well, I'm not like a, a rapist. Like I didn't right. I didn't do it. I didn't. I would never touch anybody. I wouldn't hurt anybody. But it's like, I'll, but I'll just run around saying I want to slide in your pussy and in your tits, like. Oh, what? It just—I honestly don't even know what to say about it because it just boggles the mind. How you get power out of that? You feel cool? You feel like turned on? Like what? What is wrong with you? Maybe he thought it was a pickup line. Maybe he thought that she'd be like, "Oh, I've been Perfect. looking for someone to slide in this pussy. Right. <laughs> you want to go out on a date? Fucking trash, Ola, man. That's if, if your guy even like consider saying things like that, fucking kill yourself. And and then that and is, I genuinely mean that. Yeah, like I'm, I'm actually, encouraging suicide. Yeah. if that's something that you like, think is a normal way to act or behave, you bring no like, value to the to the society. Kill yourself. Yeah, just get just get it over I, with. I can't tweet something like this, but I can say it on a podcast. Yeah. if that's something you think is endearing, entertaining, if you if you get funny, something sexy, out of that, like, hot, whatever, fucking kill yourself. How? In the mo- uh, 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 seppuku. 
Like don't I don't don't be a fucking coward and do it in the bathroom. Oh, you know he would drift be, though. away. You know he do would it be. in a violent manner. You scumbag. I wish that she killed him. That I do too. I wish. I that, don't know if I could date a girl who killed somebody. You think? I think I could. I don't know if it was justified. I like. I think it would weigh on me. Like, I, I, even I, if it was justified, I think it would weigh on me. Yeah, a little bit. Where I'm oh, like, definitely. Listen, know, I'm not like, gonna be like pumped about it. <laughs> but if I was dating a girl and everything else was all good, and then she was like, "I got a confession," like I killed a guy, I'd be like, "Okay, well, why?" It's like, well, he told me he was gonna slide in my pussy at at, at Home Goods. I I would like it to be a little more self defense. <laughs> like danger needs to be imminent. You're right, but I think if it was if it was justified in that regard, I think I'll get over it. I I, I was talking to a girl once. She um she she killed a rabbit. It was, she she found a rabbit that was like had been like attacked by another animal or whatever, uh, so it was like a mercy killing. But she smashed its head with a rock. Oh, I think you've mentioned this to me before. It was like Even, that's like that's tough. I get it. You're Dwight's root. You're like you know I grew up on a farm and that's how we, she, she, we, she told me she cried after. So I was like, all right, that's good. <laughs> if you were just like wow and just like going about your day What's for lunch, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was upset about it, but she had to do the right thing. I was like, wow, okay, let's go fuck <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, bunny killer. Uh, all right, top fives. Let's do top five. Top fives today are brought to you by Solo Stove. I got this delivered to my apartment. I'm going to find a way. I've got like a little bit of a backyard. My mom and dad have a backyard. I might give it to them. I'm going to find a way to enjoy this. If you've got a backyard or an outdoor area that's big enough to, uh, to whether you're camping in, like if you're going to go camping, you got it. If you want to just like hang out in the backyard and you're just chilling, uh, the Solo Stove is for you. It's a way to have that roaring fire. Uh, and that's honestly, I've said it, I think I just said it recently. When, in the summertime, if you're hanging out by a pool, you're doing something, you know, or a body of water. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's like if I told you, let's just go sit in a parking lot and drink and talk. You'd be like, well, what the fuck? If there's a little body of water in the middle of us, then it counts yep, as doing something. For sure. Same thing in the fall and in the winter. You got, the, you got a, uh, a fire or you're, you're sitting in a fireplace or you have like a chimney or something. Now you're doing something. So the solo stove, not only is it going to be like it provides heat, not only can you do a little maybe marshmallow mellow roasting, uh, but it's, it's actually going to be like a social. It's going to help your social life. So uh, especially now when it's like, God, just put down the phone and like just look at the fire. <laughs> I, I'm one of those people who get like mesmerized. A hundred percent. We got to look at the fire. fire. What'd you say? We gotta do some mushrooms and look at the fire. <laughs> that would get me. That would get me going. Because even just the regular ones, like the crackling, and you see like the blue and maybe a little bit of white, and I'm like, Whoa. so uh, I could really get down with watching, sitting around a fire watching it. And that's what the solo stove can do for you. Um, the it's stainless steel, so it's all like it's all like regulated and safe. You get the right airflow. It's gonna burn efficiently, burn longer. Because those are things. I was talking to Clem about it the other day. He he's, he tries to build fires in the backyard for his kids to like ro- roast marshmallows and shit. And he just takes newspaper and he just keeps adding it. Because like yep. newspaper, it burns bright. Oh, actually, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't even that he was storytelling. It was the most like apropos analogy I've ever heard talking about the Mets and the Wilpons and how they're fake and Fugazi and other other franchises build the fire properly with the stove with the wood so that it burns like forever. And Clem just. And the Wilpons, they just throw fire on, so it burns hot, and the kids are like, wow, and then it just burns back down. That's the dumb Mets fans watching the, watching the Mets. So when you don't know what you do, you're not a fucking Boy Scout. You're not going to be able to like, you know, keep a perfect fire roaring. The solo stove is going to make sure that it burns efficiently and long, and it minimizes the smoke because that's tough. I do hate when you're sitting by the fire outside in like a bonfire or chimney, and it's just like 
you go inside and you just like smoke. It's, it stays everywhere. with you for like a week. Oh, it's in your hair yep. and shit. Oh, terrible. So the solo stove uh, eliminate or you know minimizes that while still getting a, a hot fire. Uh, and if you, so, you want to do like I said, camp campfires, uh, backyard fires. You want it to be you know big and necessary if you're out in the woods or if you're just like hanging around having a good time. Solo stove is for you. And right now you can get ten bucks off. When you use the promo code KFC at checkout, it's solostove.com. Ten bucks off when you use the promo code KFC and uh, gather around the fire, kids. Solostove.com, promo code KFC. Top five saddest songs of all time. You are king of sad boy season. You have an entire list out right now on Spotify. Is that on your, like, at Fight Sparsel? Uh, I think it's just my name. Okay. John Feidelberg, sad boy season. It's like... Two zillion songs long. It is eight and a half hours, I think. <laughs> Something like that. You're on a work shift and you want to just cry the whole time. Fight says you covered. Uh, so you're up first. I think that this can kind of go like a couple different directions, I think. I think there are songs where it's like the lyrics are like sad. I think there are songs that can be like associated with sadness mm-hmm. uh, or just emotional. You know, it doesn't have to be like. Here's a song about someone who's fucking dead, but it can, you know, sometimes even like a song that has like a positive message can. I have, I have one on my list. That's melancholy. Like yeah. Okay. So start it off. Your number one pick. My number one pick. Okay. I'll go Whiskey Lullaby. I mean. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whiskey Lullaby. Actually, that, that just made me think of it, by the way. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Keep going. Um, it, it's just, I mean, like, that's it. That's it. That's just, that's it. It's. That's the saddest song I think of all time. It, I, I would argue that it, yeah. it could definitely be. It is. There's so many lines in it, but the one that always sticks with me is like she put him out like the midnight end of a burning cigarette is fucking dark yeah. and sad. That imagery and is tough. Is, that, that hurts. I, I can't. This, and it's weird because it's fucking Brad Paisley. Like I, I would yeah. never think of Brad Paisley. I mean, Brad Paisley, does, Brad Paisley does like fucking I'm so much cooler online. Like Brad Paisley. I, I, I don't traditionally think of him as, like, a sad artist. He's got so much, like, happy country. That that one came out right when he did the Carrie Underwood duet where it was, like, it was kind of a sad love song, but, like, it was still, like, kind of poppy. Yeah. But, he's I, I've always thought of him as more of a – and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just I, – I don't know his, uh, his fucking um, – what's the word I'm looking for here? His catalog that well. But, like – I think I know a pretty good amount of Brad Paisley, and I don't think he has any other song that's even remotely close, close to, to yeah, him. Yeah. Whiskey Lullaby. That sparked in my head for some reason. Remember when, when Dave did Wicked Games by Chris Isaac? Yeah. It's not Wicked Games, but doesn't Chris Isaac also have something that's like terribly depressing? Uh, I don't know the answer. There's a song like associated with that where I think there's like a mother and a daughter or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a daughter. Uh, something about shoes. Please, sir, can you buy these shoes? Isn't that Little super red sad? Shoes? Yeah. That, is that Chris Isaac? That's not Chris, not Chris Isaac. Original. But so, for whatever reason, something like that. That's a Christmas song. It's a weird Christmas song. Like, please, sir, can you buy these shoes? Isn't that super sad? Mama says there's not much time. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that, that might be up there on my list. My number one sad song ever, um, Tears in Heaven, Eric, Cla- Eric Clapton. That's I mean. about his son falling out of a window, right? Yeah, Five-year-old son? Yeah, I think fucking fell out of a like skyscraper like pushed a fucking window out i mean that is that, that's a sad song just like you know you can write a sad song about like i'll see you in heaven sort of thing but when it's like i mean how do you how do you even like perform that song or like 
I get, you know, you're an artist and it's like cathartic and shit, but like, how do you even get in the booth and, and sing that or perform that live and get through it? With, every time you're thinking about your five-year-old son fall out of a fucking window. I, I would imagine it took a lot of takes. <sighs> I think it was like, wasn't like the nanny supposed to be watching him and wasn't too, so there's blame to go around. You blame yourself. I mean, there's always oh, blame with a, a fucking yeah, dead child. Dead, yeah. <laughs> like, like, that yeah. is. But you know, you know, someone gets sick, you get sick. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, we could have stopped this and we didn't. <gasps> it's a good song. It's, it's a great good, song. It's a very I, just, good song. I don't yeah. think I can listen to it though. So um, I'll go too. I'll go Cats in the Cradle. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, one made me think of Cats in the Cradle. Cats in the Cradle is it's it's very sad, but it's also like particularly sad because like I don't know if I'm gonna say it actually. It's just like my dad used to think of it. Yeah. It, well, that I mean, I do think it's gonna be it's a very like father son thing. I mean, I, I feel like dads are. Like, my dad, especially, like, the last generation, is very, like, tough, and they're not right. going to show emotion. But his dad was always what made him, like, when his dad died or anything, when I watch anything that's dad-related, fill the dream, shit like that, he's always, like, waterworks. So yeah. it's like, dads get... Once a dad tell Like, my dad told me that song is sad to him. So, yeah, like, therefore, that's it's it. fucking sad to if me. your dad <laughs> is sad by something, that is... Like, I remember, like, a, like, he didn't even have to tell me that either. Like, right. It was, it was like, I was, like, seven. I was like, sit down and listen. This, this song makes me sad. I'm yeah. Like, the fuck? man yikes like, dude i just want to go play recess why are yeah. we doing this right now <laughs> we're on our way to t-ball man <laughs> i'm gonna go with uh i'm gonna go a little, a little recent just to keep it like modern here i think that um the one by taylor swift is gut-wrenching how about this disagree i think it's an uplifting song this is like your fucking manchester by which the is thing. correct take no it's, it's a correct take Yes, it is. I mean, how could you say like like I, you could have been the one and like it would have been good and it's not. It's I I think it's like I'm happy you're still you're doing okay at least. Yeah, I mean I get I think, that. I think it's like we could have been great, but like we're both doing good now and like I'm, yeah I'm happy yeah about no that. doubt. Well, but I actually think that's like more sad. I I, I think that I makes that. it even double sad. I think <laughs> if you're just like this breakup has crushed me. It's like you'll you'll get over it, and it's like in this case, it's like we did get over it. But I still sit here and think like. What if it? What if we didn't? Right, and like all the times that were good were awesome, but the times that were bad were just too much. And the throwing pennies in the pool, roaring. Look 20s. at you on the T Swizzy. Yeah, if that's that's the only. I really don't listen to her music because it's too sad for me. There's probably a bunch of others on her album that I think would probably. Make I mean, folklore is. I'm, I'm gonna have to that's have tough. two Taylor Swift songs on here. I, I, it's not even fun. I have, I have so many songs I want to put on here. <laughs> I have so many songs I want to put the on The one here. I actually is the only song I listen to. I actually, I don't really like the rest of her album. I like the one. I think that's a good What's song. What's like being incredibly wrong? Yeah, well, I mean. I even Pitchfork says it's a great album. Pitchfork says, Pitchfork thinks like Well, fucking... I, I think it's too sad, first of all. So I haven't been able to really even give it a shot. I, I don't know. Her style of music just doesn't do it for me. But the one I think is good. But it's like, I mean, anybody who's ever had a like, well, like it could have been. I really think it makes it more sad that everyone's moved on and like everyone's good. I I, I get that. It's, angle. it's almost like uh, when 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 somebody dies and you're like, when the funeral's over, you almost like the funeral because you're like, there's still something there. Yes, yes. And then yes. when it's over, it's just like, well, now you got to live your life without it. Mm-hmm. It's like we've both moved on, we're both good, but that means we are truly done. Oh, that's fucking. <laughs> that makes it double sad, bro. All right, I mean, that's, that's fair. That's a fine take. Um, okay, number three, I'm going to go. Number three, I'm gonna go with. This is so. This is this is so hard for you, 
Like this is like asking me to pick out like favorite sneakers or like my my worst Mets moment. It's like there's so many. I don't know what to pick. Um. Okay, I'll go number three. Fuck, I don't. Fuck. <laughs> fuck! <laughs> so fucking hard. It's <laughs> funny. What's what? This is such an objective, objective, subjective one. Where like you know, uh, everyone's always like, dude, how could you not have this or that? It's like this. This is a personal one for you that only you are going to be mad about. <laughs> All right, I'll go George Jones. He stopped loving her today. I don't know that song, but that's that title. That's sad it's, enough right He there. died. Ugh, that's God. the only way he ever stopped loving her. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Christmas. Yeah. Holy is, shit. <laughs> it's a very sad song. That is really tough. <laughs> really tough. Yeah. George, that one, that one like hurt you, like you. Yeah. Like, oh God. Fucking it's a. all about like how oh, the pictures are still up and everything's still up, and yeah. and he's just dead, and that's why he's, he doesn't love her anymore. Damn. <laughs> That'll make. I don't know if I'm ever gonna listen to that. Um, my next pick this is my third pick. I will go. Uh, this is a song I've talked about it a lot recently, but I almost cry every time I listen to it. Uh, Fast Car, Tracy Chapman. That that song to me is just like. There is such an element of life that is so fucking tough and hard, and we don't even really live it. Like we 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 got it pretty good, you know. Like that, like the the picture she paints of like, I don't want to live where I live, but I can't get out of here. I can't make anything for myself because I've got a dying dad, and my mom left him, which like she had to do. But now I'm gonna take care of him. And then we do get out of the city. We do get in the fast car. And now we're together and we're kind of miserable too because that's just how life goes. (laughs) It's it's, it's sad because it's – first of all, it's just so good. But second of all, it's sad because it's true where it's just like, yep, this shit sucks. And even when you like, uh, you know, go for it, it'll just fall back in that same like – that same rut. Ugh, god damn. Third pick. Fourth no, pick. fourth pick. You're getting down um, to it. This, is, this makes it tough. I got to fuck. Which direction? Because there's a lot of songs that are like, you know, I wouldn't put this on my list, but like Sound of Silence. Like, I don't know that song. Yeah, Hello, Darkness, My Old Friend. Oh, you know, oh. it's like you play that when See, it's that's a not sad, sad moment. But anymore it, because of fucking old school. Right. Well, and just in general to me, it's like every every time, you know, there's a meme or a video or whatever. But there are songs like that, like associated with sadness landslides one of them you think it's like a sad song but it doesn't like resonate with me you know those kind of things i feel like these are all ones that like hit home for you yeah this one individual personally you know this one actually has a happy ending but like in high school i listened to it when i like broke up Mm -hmm. and like it's it's blake shelton austin and it's like uh the chorus is like um if you're calling about the car i sold it if this is Tuesday night, I'm bowling. Mm. If you got something to sell, you're wasting your time. I'm not oh, buying. Man. If it's anybody else, wait for the tone. You know what to do. And P.S. If this is Ugh. Austin, I still love you. I Yeesh. fucking smoked that. Yeah. Hell yeah. You did. You got every word right, too. I'm looking at him right now. And yeah. it's just about a guy who just... Uh, same thing. Like a girl he, he loves and... and it, this it, the the ending is happy. She calls him back. The telephone but. fell to the counter. She heard, but she couldn't believe what kind of man would hang on that long. What kind of love that must be. She waited three days and then she tried again, but she didn't know what to say. But she heard three rings and then it's Friday. I mean, it is this. Yeah, Blake. 
Blake. And again, he, and he's again I have a Blake that. and a fucking Pay- Brad, Brad Paisley. Paisley. Like those yeah. are two like country singers, like like uh like stadium country singers. But right. for some reason, they're like they- the cold beer, like hot nights type of guys. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna go with a little bit of a corny pick here. More about like what it when you hear this song and what it's kind of associated with. Um, because I don't think I've ever listened to this song any other time than like a bittersweet kind of melancholy moment. Uh, time of your life, Green Day. Ooh, it, it's it's exclusively like you're. It's so sad, but it's not. It's like exclusively like your eighth grade graduation slideshow where you're like, I'm never gonna see these people again. It's like you're gonna see them first period next year because you're a freshman <laughs> in high school. Calm down. That that's the official song of you're young and you think you're going through something sad, but you're not like you're you're graduating high school. You're going to college. It's okay, dude. Don't cry. But it's, that's it. It's the, it's the graduation slides slideshow song with the, I I remember that in fifth grade. Yeah, that was exactly like, like, Oh no, fifth grade. I I had to go to vitamin C graduation. (laughs) And then there was there. I I forget what year, but yes, I've also, that's a good song. That is probably like, Cornified, you know, like it's become corny in a way. But I, like when they wrote it, it was probably just like awesome, like a awesome, like acoustic, like poignant song, you know. But yeah, the official like I'm sad because like I'm breaking up with my friends. It's like no, you're fucking not. All right, last one. I have like what is like definitively one of the saddest songs of all time. Um, I kind of want to sneak a Taylor in here, but I can't. I can't not have this. Got to so, be true. Got to be real to yourself. It's Jason Isbell Elephant, What's which is one? about watching a loved one waste away from cancer. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. It, it is like, I mean, like it is just like if you just Google Jason Isbell Elephant, it's like everyone the, just the knows. Cancer like, like song. It is the oh, saddest song God. of all time. And he has like this like quote here. Jason Isbell told Uncut Magazine about this defiant, intimate witnessing of a loved one dying of cancer, whose inspiration dates back to before he met his wife, singer-songwriter Amanda Shires. I was living above this bar in Sheffield, Alabama for a long time before I moved to Nashville with Amanda, and I was dating this girl who worked at the bar, he recalled. I told her she couldn't get too attached to the people sitting around the bar because they're all going to disappear. And sure enough, within a couple of years, half the regulars were gone. It's a hard song for me to get through some nights. It's just a really sad song. Ah, <laughs> dude, just write like a party song. Shit. All right, last pick for me. I'm just going to run through, like, these are just other things that popped into my mind. I jotted down Candle in the Wind. That was, you know, that's the official, like, a celebrity died song. Uh, Sound of Silence we talked about. Everybody Hurts by REM. I don't find that that's like, you know, that's like this song you play when you're almost trying to be funny about something. Yeah. Being sad, you know. Uh, Landslide was one. Mr. Lonely, when we talked to Akon, that, that one. <laughs> Um, see you again is like the official new age song of like if somebody dies we're gonna play that that's, that the Wiz Khalifa that's like, also one of those so overdone it's almost that's like what I mean. joking, same bro. thing as everybody hurts where it's like you know you're trying to be funny with it oh this one almost would have made the cut for me One Sweet Day by Mariah Carey and uh, Boys to Men just about know. like One Sweet Day I'll see you again when you're once you die mm-hmm. and that one that one's tough that one actually might that's probably that's my Actual pick for sadness, but I'm gonna go with a rap song here because I want I want this is a song that you definitely don't know, but I feel like you know sad rap songs are pretty like hard to come by, and this is this is a good rap song, so it's not you know when someone's like rapping, it's hard to be like emotional, you know, usually it's like a slow guitar or mm-hmm. piano or whatever. But there's a song by the Lost Boys called Renee, and it's just about like this guy who like meets his like ghetto princess and they fall in love, and then she just gets fucking shot and she's dead. 
And it's just like, and it's like he's talking about like everything they have in common, and they smoke blunts together, and like she's she's sexy, and they fuck the way he wants to fuck, and all this. And then like he's like, I get a beep from her one day. I call I call her up. It's not her. It's her mom. And she says like, Mr. Cheeks, meet me at the hospital. Ray's been shot. And he's like, and by the time I reach the hospital, they tell me Mr. Cheeks Renee's gone. That's it. Like it's just it's like because it's rapid so fast, but it's just like he met his like queen, and then she gets shot, and she's fucking dead. I don't know if it's a true story or not, but uh, but. But I got to give it up to them because I remember being like that was like my favorite song when I was younger, like young. It was like my, the first album I ever bought was Legal Drug Money by Lost Boys. I remember being like, you know, listening to like fucking California love and like rap songs, like gin and juice. And then it's like, oh, this guy met a girl and she gets shot. and She's fucking dead. Dude, I remember that the only like sad rap song I can even think of. And I don't even know if it's sad or horrifying, but Immortal Technique was I, I remember yeah, what's listen- that song. I, I forget what it is, but I mean, the guy rapes his grandmother, yeah. I believe. Yeah, that's dark. It, it, that's I, not even I sad. Like, that's like, what the fuck? I remember like working out. At, like, it was like a fucking like, football team workout, and we're all mm. like in the fucking gym, like, playing this song, playing. And I somehow, for some reason, started listening to the lyrics. And I was just like, Wait a I was second. like what the fuck are we listening to right now? Like, like, like he rapes and kills his grandmother, <sighs> I believe, right? God. Or he killed himself. I forget. It's a fucking... I've, I don't think I've ever gone back to listen to it. It's a fucking horrifying song. Oh, you know what's a good one that just popped in my head? Um, Freshman by The Verb. The Verb. Oh, yeah. About uh, the abortion, right? Yeah. That's why. Oh, that, yeah. We should do another top five at some point of songs you don't know what they're about until mm-hmm. later. And you're like, holy shit. Yeah, yeah. I've been singing <laughs> along with this thinking it was about like a party. I'm actually furious I don't have Mirrorball on my list. I think Mirrorball or, or fucking... That no. one, that hits home. Mirrorball. For, Mirrorball. For us, Mirrorball for like us. really hard. Yeah. And Peace also is... is peace is peace something. No, no surprise so here that uh, we have like nine honorable mentions. Yeah. Like, very peace is like the most... is so fucking heartbreaking because it's just like, I can't... Like, you'll never be okay with me. Like, <laughs> you'll just... It's just like, I'm surrounded by chaos and that's just my life. And I can never give you peace, but Yo, please love me anyway. That for sure hits on <laughs> That should just be called baggage. <laughs> well, uh, thanks to Roman, you don't have, have to do this any longer. But, you know, let's say you don't have your Roman swipes. You just think about these songs during sex. <laughs> you ain't coming. You ain't coming, man. You think about that one mm. elephant. Play Next time you're about to come, play elephant. <laughs> make, make, you know, if you don't want to have to play elephant and tears in heaven, if you don't want to have to think about Eric Clapton's dead son in order to make sure your boner lasts long, Go get some Roman swipes. Uh, you, you know, your girl's not going to be, you know, she's not getting turned on listening to the song about five-year-old falling out the window, okay? Your girl's not going to get wet listening to fucking Everybody Hurts, okay? So get some Roman swipes to cut that out. You can play the sexy music. You can do whatever you want, and the Roman swipes take care of your dick. You open up the package. You rub it on. It's like a little, it's like an alcohol swab almost, and it has this little numbing agent in it, I guess. Numbs your dick up just enough. Doesn't numb her or your partner. Numbs your dick just enough so that you can last longer, but that you can still feel it and enjoy it, which is kind of a, it's like, what you need in life, you know what I mean? It's like, I wish, I guess uh, that's what drugs are. But, you know, it's like, I need to numb this but still be able to enjoy it, and that's exactly what Roman does for sex. Uh, effective, easy to use, fast acting, doesn't require a prescription, uh, and best of all, inexpensive. Right now you can get it for just 5 bucks when you go to GetRoman.com slash KFC. Don't play Tears in Heaven during bed. Use your Roman swipes. $5 when you go to GetRoman.com slash KFC. Change sex forever. Last longer, last better, and 
Don't cry during sex. GetRoman.com slash KFC. What's up, KFC? Fights, BC, Nick, Jackie. Uh, quick question for you. I have a friend of mine from high school whose dad, when we were in high school, used to not allow us to wear hats in his house. We would have to take off our hats when we showed up and shake his hand without our hat on. It was pretty fucking stupid, so I'm just curious if you have any of your parents or your friend's parents that had ridiculous rules or um, I guess any ridiculous rules when you were growing up. All right. Thanks, Viva. I mean, uh, the hat is one that's like, uh, you know, I, I never got that. Why it's rude to have your hat on inside. I, I don't know the answer to it, but I, I just know it once is. Once it's taught, like, it's like all I think about. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't think about it inside, but at dinner, like I'll take a hat off. Definitely sure. at dinner, but like to just walk indoors and be like, I have to take this off. Is, That's a weird it, one. It's very odd. Yeah. Take the, it off for the anthem. You take it off for whatever. But like people like take it off to greet a woman or just take it off inside. It's like, why are we fucking doing it's this? It's just a preview of hair. Yeah, yeah, right. Hello, madam. Yeah. Hello, my lady. Not balding. You could fuck me. If you wish. <laughs> that's, that's the only. It's like I, I think that there's like some traditions like that. Like I don't know if that's actually why that one started. It probably isn't. But like opening the door for a woman, I've always been convinced it's just so you can look at girls' asses. <laughs> like if it's there's a child, I was like, this is just to look at their ass. There's no other reason. Please, after you, like, Damn. go ahead, and shake that tag, girl. Oh, yeah. There's like, there's no. Like, what do you know? Open, I love that. Opening the door after after you. How about the one where you're supposed to walk on the outside of the the sidewalk? So, so that's fucking. I I always heard it was in case a car jumps. <laughs> well, I mean that is like it is the women and children like men. I, and and I, I I buy into all this shit too. Like I sleep next to the door because. If someone comes in, like, I mean, guess what? You're all fucked. Yeah, what the fuck am I going to do? Tell a guy a joke? Imagine that. No, but imagine, like, if you were, like, (sighs) I tried to save her, but I was sleeping on the inside of (laughs) her. Couldn't do it. I had to to jump out of the bed first. I couldn't do it. Um, I I don't like when people make me take my shoes off. I hate, I fucking hate people. Who make you take your shoes off? Like, I don't want to walk around barefoot. I have no desire to be around your fucking socks and, like... Yeah, I I look like a child. I'm on your slippery linoleum floor. I look silly. It's infuriating. Unless it's, like, you know, if I came out of, like, the snow or the mud, I get it. But if it's just, like, you know, normal-ass spring day, fucking sunny out, and my shoes are dry, and I just take my shoes off, and you're... I I forget what show we were... Like, Japanese dojo or something? Maybe it was radio, like, when you were out for... When you are on vacation for a week. Like, I've, I've voiced my displeasure about this exact thing fairly recently it is fucking bullshit terrible oh maybe karabas does it i for, i forget exactly where maniscalco has a great bit about it where he's like standing around with like four of the other dads at like a couple's party and they're all like some of them are literally barefoot because they were in flip-flops and he's just like we're grown men standing here with our feet out like what the fuck is this it is it's a fucking curb episode too mm-hmm. where they have the, no, the russian guy i believe he is if you don't tell russian me what to wear or, fuck off yeah it's 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 bullshit it's absolute bullshit i do have a weird one that i do still that you do i actually have been thinking about how weird it is recently interesting because of my new living situation okay we're like i don't flush the toilet until after i get out of the shower you know what i do that sometimes too it's it's just like i grew up in a house with old pipes and it was just yes. like it was it's gonna the, get cold it would, it would yes. fuck with the thing so like yes like i'll get out of the toilet, i'll get out of the shower and it's just like a like just shit okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew where I was going. We it's, get it, got it's, it. It's bizarre. I won't, I won't leave that. But if I pee, I'll just, I'll just. Yeah. No, I'll leave a poop. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
It's very weird. It's very weird. And I like, still have a place that, by the way, will like you know the water pressure goes down and it will. I don't think it'll get cold, but like it, the water will take your away your current place will. Yeah, yeah. So like I actually should, but uh, but yeah, that's 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 an interesting one. I still it's I don't know why. But sometimes it's, I'm not even thinking about the water. It's just like that's the that's the order in which I do. It. Yes, it's like I pee, I shower, I brush my teeth, I flush. Like I don't know. It's just like <laughs> how it goes. Um, I don't. I never liked probably because my household was not like this, but like going to. I, I can remember specifically being at a friend's house once and I was like, what's for snacks? And they were like, well, we have like celery sticks with like peanut butter. And I was like, bitch, I said, what's for snacks? Like, what are we going to snack on? Not for my vitamins for the day. Yeah. Oh, well, we also have carrots. I ask you once again, bitch, <laughs> what snack am I going to have? I hate the, the overly healthy house. We were, we were like soda and donuts. And Our house was borderline. Coming to my house was, we had Nintendo 64 like a week before it dropped somehow. We got cans of soda. We've got fucking the, the double stuff. We've got the king size candy bars. We got it all. People everywhere. We had a pool. We had everything. People wanted to come to my house. I never wanted to go anywhere else. because like, your mom sucks. I'm going to be barefoot and eating carrots. Fuck you. We did not have candy, but it was, it wasn't like we didn't have like this pantry yeah. of candy it was like yeah. a, a box of fruit snacks or we, a box oh, of fruit roll you open that shit like up it was like because ah! <laughs> my mom was just like shut the fuck up <laughs> go eat your snacks play video games to your eyeballs bleed and leave me alone like now when i go home it's that it is that house there's, there's nothing in it it's it's difficult to, to Ugh, deal with. i hate that yeah my, my my parents same thing now it's like even things that aren't like that you know i'm like you got any like bread no 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 we don't eat bread Come on, give me something. I'm trying to think if I ever had. I I I do know that friend that I had that friend. He had the mm-hmm. pool. He had the candy pecan spin wheels. Mm-hmm. Fucking little Debbie snacks out the ass all yeah. over the place. Um, and that was yeah, that was the house I like to hang out at. Hell yeah! But like our house was like, do you want some water? My grandma had the fucking black box. Oh, that's where that's that friend's house is where I watched porn for the first time. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. it, and it was an accident. It was. We were watching WrestleMania or one of the wrestling events, and then it just switched, switched over. Yeah, and yeah. I thought you had sex with people's assholes forever because the porn flip two was. I'll be anal, honest, and I was you, like, um, you know, like that came back around. <laughs> like in the year 2018, 2019, certainly not twenty twenty. You were proven right. It it's was, almost exclusively buttholes now. It was <laughs> very. I, I very vividly remember it was a, a secretary, and she was she had a hairy vagina, uh, and she was riding. The guy on on his desk, the the boss, so to speak, and it was I was just like, that's the sex hole. Isn't it the sex hole? <laughs> I want to fuck you in your sex hole. <laughs> Isn't it funny that like porn used to be, I will uh, put my dick in you in your vagina, and now porn is like, I want to see you push rubber duckies out of your asshole. <laughs> Shout out to Lana Rhodes. <laughs> like the 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 switch. Like where's it gonna go? I don't know. I fear it. I you think we're just gonna it. watch like snuff films eventually? Oh, I think it actually kind of tops out. I think it's almost like, you know, we're, we're, we're eventually we're going to throw like 110 miles per hour. And like, that's it. Eventually yeah. it's got to stop. I think we might be approaching that with three porn. penises in a butthole before. Yeah. I, I mean, like how, how many more, more can we do? Here. There are certain physical limitations here, but I'm sure if you told someone in the seventies that you were going to watch triple anal once or just single anal, they were like, what? So who knows? Maybe I feel like maybe I'm being that asshole who's like everything that's ever been invented has been invented yeah, yeah, in like yeah. 1980. <laughs> but I feel like we're reaching our limits. I mean, look, they fucking just straight up electrocute people now. Like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's gonna have to just be straight like pain. You know. <laughs> uh, I, by I the don't way, care for the electrocutions. No, I don't like that. I don't like the clothespins on the nipples. I don't like any of that stuff. 
The rest of it, I'll watch you beat the shit out of someone. <laughs> but the electrocution and the clothespins really gets me. Uh, Lana Rhodes on Answer the Internet tonight with her boyfriend Mike. You know Mike from uh, The Night Shift and Logan Paul Impulsive. Uh, I do love Mike. I do have to say this. And I respect the hustle. They won an award once, uh, maybe like a shorty or something like that, for like biggest podcast in the world. And they say that. Because it was like it's almost like when we do like our pod track numbers and like it's not including Bill Simmons and these guys because they're just not on pod track, uh-huh. you know. It's like Joe Rogan's the biggest podcast in the world. Yes, yeah. we can't say this anymore. <laughs> I get it. You won the award that was like the people who were up for that award, but we can't call it the best, biggest podcast in the world. I, I it's would like agree. being like you know I'm the best basketball player in the world, like because we're not including Michael Jordan or something like that. It's like yeah, you just can't do it. But anyway, they're on Answer the Internet tonight, uh, a do a duo uh, episode, and it is it's very good. So check it out. Um, next question. Hey, boys. So I gave Road Dome last night for the first time. Road and the only Dome. reason I did it was because the other day all my friends cheered me for being 22 and never doing it before. And I don't get what the fucking hype is. Anyway, my question for you guys is, what's on your sex bucket list? And if you've already knocked it off, what should be on my sex bucket list? Jesus Christ, Love lady. you guys. Viva. I don't know if I can like make this decision for you. Roadhead is, is over uh, overhyped, but it's also, you know, fun. Like, you got to check it off. Roadhead, 69ing, shower sex. To me, that's like the bronze, silver, gold of overrated sex novelties. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think that's fair. I I, I think I only got Roadhead once, and I was driving like 14 miles. Absolutely. It was was like a fucking, whatchamacallit, uh, Black Sheep. Uh-huh. When he pulls over Chris yes. Farley's Spain, he's like, you were going the- four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I was going impossibly slow in the high speed lane in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> it was like- I, I used to get roadhead from a girl uh, like consistently. I'd like I'd pick her up and be like, let's do a loop. And and she would blow me and be like, I'll loop you and then I'll drop you back off. That was good roadhead. She was good at it. That was enjoyable. When it's like we're on the open road on the highway and it's on a road. Now, again, it's like if you're on like an eight hour road trip, it's, I'll welcome it. It's like a cool like way to break up the trip. It's just going to be hard for her and tough for you. Cars these days are tough, difficult, too. Yeah. Like the center console has become a, a big, big thing. thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, can you imagine back in like the 70s where it's just a bench? bench you just lay yeah. down and blow me? Like, <laughs> then it's awesome. But, uh, but I, I, I don't know about now. Um, you know, but, but all, all of those things, it's like I, I do want to fuck you in the shower. But as I'm doing it, I'm like, yep, wish well I was rated. in bed right now. Right. And uh, I do want to 69 you. For a minute, and then let's switch up and like do it individually so that we both can focus and both enjoy. And then, uh, and what was the other one? Oh, yeah, and then and the roadhead. So, you, uh, you, they're novelties, but they're fun. They're just, they are overrated. What's left on the sex bucket list? Triple anal, probably. Yeah. <laughs> could oh, could you ever electrocute? Could you ever do anything where your dick touches another dick? Um, I, I doubt it. Um, I love the like the honesty. Like maybe, yeah, yeah. Like, I, those I are know. weird. Like when you when you see the third member, it's weird enough when it's two. When those guys are like dick to dick, and then you're just like, make room, <laughs> coming through, and you're just gonna jam a third dick in there, and everyone's like, you're coming because you're rubbing against another dick. Yeah, it's like at that point, I don't even think you're touching any of her asshole middle, or vagina. It's just, you're, you're just, just rubbing dicks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I still never have not I've not done any group stuff, so I guess the bucket list for me would be a third person, third party involved. Yeah, third party, fourth party, fifth party. I don't know if I could go like full blown orgy, but 
I think I actually, you know what, you know what my hot take is? I think I'd do better in a foursome than a threesome. But maybe not. I mean, I guess I'm thinking about like I'm not thinking about all the like the number of guys that would kind of weird me out. But I think if it's a threesome, two guys, one two girls, one guy. I feel like I am one person who has to please two people. If I'm in like an orgy, I feel like you can kind of bounce around. You know, <laughs> it's like you're at the cocktail party. You know, you say hi, and then you just shift over to another co- conversation. And I feel like I can just you know bounce around the room and fuck everybody a little bit, but nobody's looking to just me to get everybody off. I think that's a pretty sound argument. Yeah. I'd rather I, fuck like eight people than two because it's like I can't possibly please all of you. Right? You yeah, know? you could you, you could gotta, have a great night and like. You'll remember me fondly, even though I didn't really do anything. It's, it's exactly. like I'm getting the credit for something that I didn't really precisely. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't a full necessary. blown threesomes. Like, all right, I have to like fuck you till you come, but then I can't. I have to fuck you till you come or whatever. No, 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 it is impossible. It's totally impossible. So that would be the only thing left for me. For her, I mean, I don't know, girl. It's up to you. Yeah, I, I, I have no idea how to answer. Especially like you're 22 I, now. It's like I don't even know. I, I, I feel like I could tell a 22 year old be like, um, well, like I don't know. You should like. You should maybe experiment and do, like, some ass play. And she'd be like, yeah, dude, I did that seven years ago. <laughs> you fucking pussy. You little prude. So I don't even know what to tell you. She's probably like, yeah, we did the electrocution on prom night. What do you want me to do? <laughs> God so, almighty. That's up to you. I don't know. Go to the fucking basement of the kink.com castle. I don't fucking know. I have sex with a girl. I'd fucking- yeah, yeah. I think it's a little crazy if you're a girl and you don't have sex with girls. <laughs> but that's, at, that, at this point, it's almost like that's like being the new virgin. Like, when someone's a virgin, it's like, just, what? Like, do it. It might be awesome. What's the reason to hold out? Now I think that about lesbian sex. I'm like, just do it. I think that's right. <laughs> right? Like, but but then, like, the, some are pretty high for girls. Someone but, flipped the script, like, why don't you have sex with a guy? Like, but, oh, that, but we know there's a double standard yes. there with girls. It's just like, yeah, that doesn't really play. I'm not going to buttfuck a dude. You should eat out a girl. <laughs> double standards. They cut both ways. Uh, last voicemail of the day is brought to you by Miller Lite. Because we're here, we're sitting here talking with you guys. You're calling us up. We're answering your questions because we're all friends. We're all buddies. We're all internet friends and family. And we've been that way for nine years now, eight years, pushing nine years. And uh, it's all thanks to the KFC Radio voicemail hotline. And uh, so it's very apropos that Miller Lite brings that to you today because Miller Lite has been a lifeline for people to share stories, have some laughs, kick back, and have a good time. And that's what the KSU Radio Hotline uh, voicemail line has been for us, for you guys to call us up, tell us funny stories, ask us questions, and connect with us. You guys do that. We crack open a beer. You, you open up a uh, you crack open a bottle or you open it up for your buddy who's got sausage fingers and he can't open them himself, and you talk and you share stories and maybe you listen to a sad song and you cry. Maybe you tell a good tale and you laugh. You ask for advice. You do all that on the hotline. You do all that with your Miller Lite. Whether you're with friends, whether you're with coworkers, family, fucking with enemies, crack open a Miller Lite and you will end up being friends with that person because it's Miller time. So uh, right now go to MillerLite.com slash KFC and you can find out all the delivery options near you. Cheers to fights. Cheers to you guys listening. You hear me crack that beer right there? It's a 12-ounce can filled with Miller Lite, and that means it's 3.2 carbs and only 96 calories. It's brewed in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and it's uh, it's the best goddamn beer ever. So celebrate responsibly for the Miller Brewing Company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories, 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. MillerLite.com slash KFC to find the delivery options near you to get them sent right to your house while you stay socially distant and enjoy the podcast and enjoy your friends, and enjoy your middle light. Last one. Let's go, Nick. 
What's up, KFC Fight BC? First time, long time. So I got a question. So I met up with a girl on Bumble like a week ago, and we've been talking ever since. And last night she started texting me, so I'm like, "All right, fuck it." Can you awesome. press pause for a second? Because we're in some sort of goddamn train tunnel or something. I mean, pull your windows up when you're For calling. real. Holy moly. So he, all right, he's, he's messaging with a girl on Bumble. They started sexting. I started sexting. Proceed. She just started saying some wild shit. Like, one of the things she said was she wants to be my little tongue slut. And that kind of just threw me for a loop. Which, I mean, hey, I'm all for it. But uh, the problem is I'm a virgin, so... My question is, how the fuck do I back this up when we meet? Like, I'm just going to absolutely blow my lid in like 30 seconds. So how the fuck do I have to doing that? I have talked to big game that I cannot back up. Uh-huh. forward to uh, answering you up the good work. Hey, fella. All right, first of all. Uh, how the fuck you a virgin, bro? Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like it's, like, a waiting thing. Like, it seems like, I mean, you got to be fairly attractive, I imagine, if this girl wants to be your little cum slut. Uh, well, I, and it doesn't seem like you were, like, intentionally holding out. Maybe he's disgusting. How the fuck are you fucking virgin? Maybe he's just absolutely disgusting. He didn't sound disgusting. He didn't sound disgusting. And again, disgusting people don't usually get messages like, I want to be your little right. cum slut. Right. So that is bizarre. You'd think if you're a virgin that you've never even heard a girl talk like that, at, like, talk to you, let alone talk like that to you. Right. Hum slut. Now I will say this. That's that's a that's a that's a sexy sex. That's a that's a power move. But these things are becoming more and more normalized, you know? Cum sluttery? Just yeah, like listen, like guess what? You know, your girl's not gonna be offended with you calling her a slut anymore. <laughs> in in certain in, in certain scenarios and circumstances. You call a girl a slut like to her face at the bar that you don't know, yes. You call your girl a slut in bed, she's gonna be like yeah, <laughs> that's why we're fucking here. So, um, you know, that that for the virgin is probably like, whoa, but I think you should. Uh, that is aggressive. That Don't get me wrong. That That's a that's a text. If I got, I'd be like, hell fucking yeah. But I do think that would be that, honestly, that would scare me, too. That yeah, would, I would be like, holy shit. I am. In, if I am come, in over my head. If a girl says, like, I'll be like your little sluts. One thing come slut is like you particularly want. That come in and around your mouth or other parts of your body. That is something. It's a. It's a. I, I, I wouldn't be turned off by it, but I would say, oh boy, I'm in. Yeah, but I'd I'm say I'd thing. say, oh boy, in a, in a good way. This yeah. is like, um, you know, like uh, you're a, you're applying to a job you know you are unqualified for, but are yes. you are you going to say no? Though? Right, right. It's no. Like they might give you this job that's a hundred thousand dollars a year, and then you'll just figure it out when you're there. Show up day one, and, and you like, might get this- fired. She might kick you out of bed and you'll never fuck her again, but you got to, like, go try. And it's like anything else in life. Sex is like anything else in life. Snake it till you make it. So, like, show up to that job on the first day. Romaned up. Romaned up. Yeah. You got it. So that the, 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 the literal scientific answer now is go to GetRoman.com slash KFC. Get a bunch of Roman swipes. You, you know, you're hooking up. You'd be like, I, I got to go to the bathroom real quick before we start fucking. You go to the bathroom, you rub it on, whatever. I don't know. Maybe it's dark in there. You fumble around. You put on another one in the middle of the sex. You get two Roman up. You keep these motherfuckers on decking tin. You have them already. I would suggest you go to the bathroom, open up a bunch of them, put them in your pockets, and just have them at the ready. Just, like, grab them and put them on. Put them on the bedside table. Put them under the pillows. Whatever it is. So you can just grab them and rub them on while you're switching positions and stuff. That's, boom, your problem fixed. But, I mean, foreplay is your friend, man. Mm-hmm. Like, spoiler alert, they like the foreplay better than the sex. Your dick stinks, you know? <laughs> so, like, just spend a whole shit ton of time with your hands and your mouth for 
a, an extended period of time. <laughs> and then when you put it in and it's done in a minute, it's like, should I? She got hers. Yeah. And you know, it what is the do? worst when they're like, no, come on, come on. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Trust me. We're going to hang out down here for a little bit longer. Okay. Why don't you fucking keep your panties on? Literally. I, I think, and when you do come, Lay it on thick. Tell her, you know, make it like a compliment for her. Like, you're so fucking oh. sexy that I came everywhere, like, instantly. I always just go with a whoops. Yeah, sure. Like, it's, it's like anything else in life. You, it's as big of a deal as you let it be, you know? If you turn red and you're like, oh, my God, this never happens, I swear, and then it's a thing, it's a problem. If you're just like, whoa, that was, you were so fucking sexy and I was just not ready for that, like, I, Yeah, whatever. give me five minutes. We'll go again. Mm-hmm. Well. You're you're a little bit of a freak in that regard, but I get five minutes to to ease you. I'm fucking go right now. Let's go. Let's go. I didn't want to fucking intimidate you too much, but I fucking won't even come out. I'm just fucking my own cum in there. Let's go. Goodness gracious. Yeah, man, just go get laid though. You know, yeah, just like find stop like, being find fucking, a fucking yeah, willing If you want to be a virgin, be a virgin. But it doesn't seem like you want to be a virgin, so go have sex. And like, if you got girls calling you cum, calling them, calling themselves cum sluts, like let it rip. And don't worry about coming fast. I'll be honest. I had a moment the other day. I think I think lasted long in bed is for the birds. <laughs> I think it's overrated. I really think if you could last super long or if you're drunk and you're, like, numbed up, it's like, I, I really don't think she's enjoying it either. I think there's a natural amount of time for sex. I don't know what the right amount of time is. It's almost like a joke. Like, I was watching uh, I was watching the goddamn Jess the other day before we put it out, and we, we, uh, we had an edit done, and I was like, we have to cut those jokes, like, starting after this point because I reached my point. I, I laughed at a couple things. I thought that was funny. Yeah. And then I did two or three more, and those were funny, but I reached my point, so mm-hmm. just cut them. I think that's like sex. And I think it's like, if, especially you've done a couple of positions. Hopefully she's like come once or maybe if you're lucky, even more. And then it's time. Then it's time. Jackhammer in a way. Like, uh, like if you, if, if you, I feel like if you tell a girl to flip over and you're like fucking her and then you're like flip back onto her back. I think she's like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's gone too long. I think, I think long sex overrated. So don't worry about coming soon. I think that's a fair, right? Roman swipes will give you just the right amount, and the rest is is it's like having too big of a dick, you know. There can That's be too good. much of a good thing, too long, too big, too furious. <laughs> uh, let's get to our interview. Colin Quinn, the legendary Colin Quinn, is brought to you by Thursday Boots. This interview is brought to you by the Thursday Boots Company. They are a bootstrap startup. That's been shaking up the industry. Head on over to ThursdayBoots.com to try on a pair today with free shipping and free returns. And if you use their survey at checkout, let them know that I sent you there. These guys, we've been working with them for a long time. We had our own signature boots a couple seasons in a row. High-quality boots that really are truly, genuinely stylish with the different leathers, different suede, different colors, different patterns and designs. Uh, really high-quality stuff that's affordable because they cut out the middleman and just get them delivered right to you. So go to ThursdayBoots.com to try out your pair today with free shipping and free returns. Let's talk to the legendary Colin Quinn now. There he is. Hey, what's up? Whoa. How we doing? What's going on, man? Hi, guys. What's good? How are you? No, no, I'm fine. You guys are the first ones to see my new set I put together. (laughs) Very nice. We have always, I mean, throughout this whole thing, looking at everybody's backgrounds with their Zoom cameras has always kind of been a a unique thing, and I got to give it to you. I think you you win. Gold medal for you, Colin. Well, because I have books, so people go, oh, you know. Smart. You have to have books. (laughs) I have a picture. It's 
it's a picture of myself, but so that's kind of in bad taste. But you know, I look at it's good enough for the Russian oligarchs. It's good enough for me. <laughs> uh, we appreciate the time, man. Thanks. This is uh, this is kind of a bucket list thing for us. We've been having a lot of comedians on on the show over the last I don't know three four years, and uh, obviously adding you to the pantheon for sure because. You are kind of regarded as, you know, one of those comics comic. I always feel like I always hear it's you and David Tell whenever people mention, you know, their, if you're a comedian, your favorite comics. And I feel like you two are almost exclusively always mentioned. So, uh, you know, it's, I guess it's been a pretty good run for you. That's, that's got to be one of the highest compliments you can be paid, no? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, the, uh, it's definitely the highest compliment you can be paid. And the lowest financial compensation you can be paid. <laughs> <laughs> Unless the world full of comedians, no one's going to come see you. You know, comics, comics are not usually the audience's favorite. <laughs> well, you got you got the HBO Max money coming now. Hey, that's that. You can't knock yeah, that. <laughs> what do you think it is that uh, that makes? you get that reputation like is is it something about your community uh your comedy is it something about how you are when you're off stage why do you know why do the ogs really grab it gravitate towards you i don't i don't know but i'll tell you right now from day one do you even when, when i was new comedians liked me and i don't know why i was trying to please the crowd but it didn't work out that way I always pleased the comedians when I saw them. I mean, I, I, I don't think you can say you didn't please the crowd, but that is interesting. Maybe that's... Yeah, I'm saying from the beginning, yeah. when I was... Crowds hated me for a couple of years when I started. <laughs> the comedians were partners. I don't know what it is. Maybe that's what it was, though. Maybe they saw that you were just... Like, this guy doesn't really give a shit about us. He's just... He is focused on the crowd, and uh, and that's that's what it's all about. Maybe that's why. No, I mean, I was not focused on it. Like, the crowd didn't like me. I think comedians like no, but, the crowd. No, but, but like, were you, you, were, you, you weren't trying to please comedians, were you? You were trying to please the crowd. I was trying to please the crowd, yeah. but I, I was giving off a message to the crowd that said, I don't give a shit about you. <laughs> and that's why, all right, I get it, yeah, I get it. it. And that's where the comics are like, I yeah, this guy's cool. I wasn't trying to do that, but it must have something. I don't, I don't, I don't know what it was, but yeah. Interesting. It was always, comedians kept me in the business, that's for sure. Is there a, a big difference? Are you still in New York? Yeah. Yeah. So you've been New York through and through. Did you ever do like a, a stint out in L.A.? Yeah, I did two years in L.A. But that, I mean, overall, you know, in your whole career, that's a drop in the bucket, really. Uh, yeah, yeah. I feel like yeah. most guys do make the move out there and you just what? You're never a West Coast guy. You want to stay in New York the whole time? I lived there, I lived there for a couple of years. I like it. I mean, but it's not it's not. My, for some reason, when I was out there, I stopped doing stand up. You know, I just was like, nah, I don't feel like doing it out here. I don't know why, but. So I came back and started doing it again. You know? That was, that was, was that when you, I, I saw you tweeted, uh, I don't know when it was, a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, whenever, um, about your failed cocktail audition. Was that down, down in LA? No, that was before, <laughs> that was before I left. <laughs> How'd that go? Well, Tom Cruise, I went in, as he knows my tweet, and you know, I wasn't really, I wasn't really a trained actor to put my, <laughs> I, was, I was a comedian, so they put me into a room. It's like 1986, whenever the movie came out. So it brought me in a room and like, oh, and there's Tom Cruise. He's already a superstar, you know? <laughs> so I was a little bit starstruck, but I was like, I know how to act. I don't know why I thought this would work. And so I started miming, because I used to be a bartender. <laughs> I started miming, drink, making drinks. And it, you could feel the disgust in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Cruise, you could tell Tom Cruise had like a pity. 
He's like, oh, look at this guy. I'm like, yeah. And I knew the worst is it's bad enough when you think it's going bad, but I thought it was going good. I was like this. <laughs> like nobody would ever thought of it. And I'm, just too, and I'm like, I was a bartender, so it's not going to look stupid. I, I got this. <laughs> I sucked all the energy out of the room. The one thing I left with, was I took every bit of air in there. <laughs> I didn't get the job. I just took your souls with me. <laughs> One of the few times I auditioned to something where I walked out and said, I definitely didn't get that. <laughs> I'd be that bad, but I'd be like, they love me. <laughs> this one, I was like, whoa. We, we did one trip out to LA a couple years ago where we like, I don't. We. It's not even like we had anything to pitch, really. I don't even know what we were doing out there. I have there. no idea what we were doing. I couldn't doing even there. tell you what we talked about, but we took a few meetings at, like, I guess, networks and shit. And every meeting we walked out of, we we're like, yo, these fucking guys liked us. We're, <laughs> we're making it. We're on our way. We to weren't LA. even pitching anything. I don't, <laughs> we were just talking to people. <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's the old cliche they say about in New York, if they hate you, they'll tell you in LA. If they're not, they not going to give you the job, they take you out to lunch. <laughs> <laughs> At least shoot me straight. Just tell me, man. hundred times out there, too, where you're sitting at the meetings and just talking, and you're like, these guys love me. But there's some other part of your gut that tells you something's not going. Like, there's a little part of you that's like, why don't I feel good? These guys love me. And you get in your car, and you're validated, and you just... Something's wrong. I can see it happening a hundred times. <laughs> they're going, we know these guys have something. And they're trying to figure out, they don't know what it is. And they're like, yeah. yeah. So what do you guys do? And they just want, they want your popularity to translate, but they don't have an idea how to do it. Nope, so that's, nope, that's exactly what it is. I'll tell you what, we fell into like uh the Hollywood lifestyle very quick though. Quick. Like, the first meeting we were like scared to say anything. By the end of the day, I was like, Where's my fucking water? Where's my how did you not give me a water when I got in here? <laughs> and that's what said. It's all about the water. Like, yes, always. I'm out there within a week. I had a rental car. I was just staying there in Oakwood. Within a week, I said I'm I went back and rented a Mercedes. <laughs> I was I feel like by the end we were like, listen, uh, you know, I know things are going good with like Game of Thrones, but I think you should be doing this yeah. and the other thing. Oh, I was giving them ideas. We were at Universal, I was telling them what they should do with the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> I was like, here's here's an idea for you guys. I'm glad you guys said that because my first I was on MTV, so I was a little no. So they're trying to do a deal with me in 1989, you know, 90 or whatever. And the same thing happened where they bring me in. So they go, you're going to meet the producers. But I didn't know the producers wrote the scripts in TV. The writer is the producer. Mm -hmm. So they go, what do you think of our script? Oh, no. Not funny, but I and my friends in comedy, we could fix it for you. It's pretty hacky. (laughs) And they're looking at me with daggers in their eyes. I'm going, then I go to my agent, what do do they think of me? Like that Saturday Night Live sketch. They hated you. What? <laughs> they hated you. What did you say to them? We couldn't figure it out like until six times in. And we go, oh yeah. They're the writers. Talking to the writers. <laughs> so how did it go when when uh when you got Tough Crowd? What was what was uh like the tipping point there? Oh, and... well, Tough Crowd was Tough Crowd started with Loin. I came off SNL. So it was like an NBC show for three episodes. And then it was doing really well, but they didn't they didn't want to handle it, which 
In retrospect, I understand why. Yeah, <laughs> it was a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was supposed to be a bit much, but sometimes I have control. <laughs> but I mean, um, so then Comedy Central said, we want to do a show like that. I go, great. Once a week, half hour, I wrote part of it, so it was under control. They go, no, we want it every day, five days a week. So then I was like, all right, well, I can't do that, you know. Gave me a couple of writers, but we still couldn't control all shows. I brought on the the uncontrollables. (laughs) I like that, the uncontrollables. Yeah. Like the movie, what was that movie with the, you know. Yeah, the untouchable or the the expendables. Yeah, you brought the uncontrollables in. Yeah. (laughs) These are the comedy expendables. And them just started having these shows. And it was, you know, I, I know it in my mind. It succeeded in the sense that I wanted it to be people because we're supposed to be so funny off the cuff, I wanted to be like funny off the cuff. Everybody just doing what they want, being brutally honest and trying to, you know. So it, it succeeded many times. And, uh, but in the grand scheme of things, obviously, we're not going to keep that for that long, you know. Yeah, but that, I mean, I, I feel like you can go into a show with two, two uh, different goals i guess or mentalities of like i want to make it on the air for 25 seasons or i want to be like fucking funny with my guys who are going to let it rip and you really i don't think you can have both i think that's impossible yeah i think i think you're right i mean i'm happy given the choice i'm glad we went that way yeah yeah but but uh was that something you would tell you know the 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 uh uncontrollables like just fucking i don't care what happens just let it rip I mean, I didn't tell them that, but like, there was the message. Basically. I was like, yeah, well, I was just trying to make it spontaneous every day. And yeah. Try to keep it as funny and real. So, I mean, you know, half the time, you know, on the show, they turn on me in the middle of my show. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things, you know? that, I was reading um, where you would tell everyone no, no applause allowed. What was no. that was just because you wanted to just be about laughter and comedy? Because I hate. This is before Clapter existed, but Clapter. now Clapter is, I was right about that because I, I wouldn't even let them applaud when I did my monologue. No applause. Because if you're doing comedy, applause is for rallies, for agreement, political, or, you know, anything. Laughter is the only thing comedy has. Mm-hmm. I didn't want people to be fooled by applauding instead of laughing. So, you know. Yeah, but I, I also feel like when I, when I'm at a comedy club, I guess it's always accompanied with laughter, but when someone really nails like a very astute point, like it's funny, but it's also a good reference that I'm like, oh shit, I do do that, or that really is on point. I find myself because it is it is approval, like you said, like I'm I'm giving you respect while I'm laughing, but it can't. I guess it can't just be the clapping. Well, like you said, you can't have both, so I decided to become a fascist and stop all. (laughs) (laughs) So wait, at that point in your career, I mean, you're you're pretty political now, I guess. I guess you know, tough crowd. You're always speaking your mind and and, and whatever. Yeah. But but now that you know everything is so much more politicized, are you going for more? Are you still going for laughter? Or are you going for more a- approval or agreement or whatever? Always going for laughter. Yeah. Always going for laughter. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I you know, I I, I feel like that's the only value comedians have because because it doesn't matter if you have a profound point. If you have a profound point and you're being funny and you're a comedian, if you just have a profound point. That's like a comedian. That's a philosopher. You can call him anything. A comedian is supposed to be getting laughs and eliciting uh, whatever point you make. It, get, it's laughter first, like do, doctor, first do no harm, comedian. First, 
I want to make sure you're getting a laugh. Yeah. And then if you want to sound, that's fine. But I don't want to. And then the audience gets in that space where they're like, well, we have to employ this, you know, because mm. it's the right point today, especially today where everything is, you know, so brainwashing. So, you know, people are so, you know, monolithically, you know, yeah. ideology. Have have you like changed uh, your your style at all in recent years because of like the way the world is and society and the audience? I maybe. So. I mean, I probably I've probably taken out. I've probably been more specific and precise because you can't you can't if you say the wrong buzzword, people will dismiss it automatically. Mm-hmm. And then you you're like, no, 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 you're not even listening to the point. Like you used to be able to tell people something and they'd see the joke inside of it. You should be ironic or whatever. Now you have to be very specific about what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. I think in some, some ways, does that make you better though? Yes. Yeah. Like I, some people said like the PC culture is ruining comedy and it's like, no, I think it's ruining it if you're kind of like a hack, but the really good ones can articulate it the right way where it's still funny. Well, no, I still say PC culture ruins comedy. Okay. I'm not, but yes, you're right. It, it's both. It does make, it does ruin it for hacks. But they also are just so, I mean. Yeah, it's just overbearing. People are literally watching comedy and they're like, what? Okay. And it's like, you can't have, (laughs) you know, you can't be on, being on point is good. You're right. But people be, there's a a new hack. Mm -hmm. And it's people that do their joke, but first make a statement that the audience is like, okay, this person just said something that we can't disagree with. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Hacks are like, you know, like cockroach. You can't kill them. They just transform into PC hacks. (laughs) (laughs) What, with like, um, what made you kind of, because Red State, Blue State was before Trump, right? Uh, No. Oh, it wasn't? Unconstitutional before Trump. My first show about the country was called Unconstitutional, and that was 2014. 13 and 14, that was before Trump. Oh, so what... What made you do unconstitutional? Like, what... Because it is such, like, a dangerous, weird, like, politicized world. Like, what made you be like, all right, I'm going to dive headfirst into it? Yeah, because because I feel like this is real. I mean, I'm not the only one. The whole country... Everybody in this country feels like something's going to blow. It's just crazy right now for everybody. And so, I mean... Comedy's the elephant in the room kind of stuff. So it was like one of those things where I was like, let me try to figure this out myself at least, you know. So I said, let me start with the Constitution because that's where this whole philosophy of this, our personality as a country, like the way people are here, is based on that, you know. And so now we got the book coming out, uh, Overstated, which is the the coast-to-coast roast. Uh, Is that, uh, you know, more of the same ideology behind it? Or what's what's different from, from that, I guess I should say? And don't feel bad. Already, several Twitter followers have helpfully told me, coast to coast roast. Ugh. They thought my clever log line again. I would be honest. I like it. I, I think it's uh, good. Now, I, I, now I feel like an idiot because I like it. I, I, I thought it was fine. <laughs> yeah. I do. But of course, right away, people are like, ugh. <laughs> Everybody's a critic. And, um, but with the ideology is the same. Yeah. yeah. The same thing. Which is like, I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to like, uh, you know, just analyze all the different states and the mentalities because because the truth is 50 states is big. It's impossible. It's ridiculous to try to govern all of that at once. Yeah, it's impossible. So that's basically what, 
the book is the different personalities of each state. Do you think as like a New Yorker, it's, it's, I mean, can you even really tackle the mentality of uh fucking Idaho or something? Well, I've been to 47 states, so, yeah. you know, I'm throwing my two cents in, but no, you can't, you can't. And that's the whole point. You can't tackle them and they can't tackle us. Right. But everybody wants to tackle each other and get them into line with their thinking. And that's one of the conflicts we're having, you know? Did you travel for this book or was it written like just like in memories and stuff like that? No, I mean, I, I was going to travel for it. But it was all based on memories, yeah. What's yeah. the three states you haven't gone to yet? <laughs> the Dakotas. Fuck them. And Wyoming. Fuck them. Who cares? <laughs> Nobody needs them. There's no audiences out there. Who cares? No, but I wrote the, the way I wrote the book was I wrote all the states, all the states that were going to be the hard ones at the beginning. And that was the best thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. But like all of Dakota, Wyoming, Montana, all those places early, you know. And I'm sure every state will have great feedback and not think that you, you know, miss something or mischaracterize them, right? <laughs> um, I've already, uh, yeah, the little spoke that I've already attacked it, but, but I did definitely, everybody, the good thing I did was every state I insulted very brutally. So <laughs> that's <laughs> equal opportunity, man. We say they were taking easy on, yeah. We, we do this thing here every couple months where we'll put up a graphic that we completely make up where it's like every state's favorite fast food restaurant. And we literally, these guys at our company will make up places that don't exist and put them on the map. And they'll have people being like, we don't even fucking go to that place, man. We like McDonald's. And like, it's not even real. But people get fired up when you try to characterize them as, you know, their state is X, Y, Z. You're right. Especially since, since I'm not from there, of course. Yeah. Right, right. You know, got their, their pride in it. I mean, look at college football. So it's the only thing that people really – Keeps everybody, to, you know, unified. Mm-hmm. It's college football. <laughs> that's it. That's all we got. I think that's so weird. If you're not, you're not in football, like, I just think being proud of where you're from is odd. Yeah, it's a little bit. Well, like, I'm from Massachusetts. It's fine. Are you uh, Are you like a proud New Yorker? Let's not act like Massachusetts people aren't just as cocky. Yeah. The cockiest, the most obnoxious states, New York City and Long Island, the most obnoxious. Massachusetts, just as obnoxious Texas. Those are the three yeah. cockiest places. Right. I, I agree with that, but I, I don't share that mentality. I, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. You want to go to Boston? Go to Boston. I'm not like, yeah, yeah. you haven't lived if you haven't been on Newberry Street. It's like, I don't know. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. It's the fucking same as everywhere else. Boston, Boston group, it's, I mean, you can blame uh, they, before 2000, they weren't really like that. No. Was, yeah. But they would only push you on Connecticut and New Hampshire. But once Belichick, the Red Sox, Belichick and Brady, they just explode. It really is. I mean, like, Texas is kind of, you know, everything's bigger in Texas, sort of cowboy, oil, all that sure. shit. New York is the money in the big city. Boston has that same, but just because of sports. It's just. They don't have anything else. I, but I know when it flipped for me. Like, I, I, I know that there was a one year where, like, I was only going to school and I was like kind of the lovable loser in, in high school. And like everyone's like, ah, Boston stinks. Ha ha ha. And, you were like, the dude and then dying. one day I was just like the Incredible Hulk. Yeah. And I was like, fuck all of you. You guys suck. I fucking hate you, bro. <laughs> it was 2004. Yep. Was- yep. Incredible. Yeah. Are you, where do you stand on this whole, uh, this New York City is dead story, which I kind of, has kind of infiltrated the the comedy world as well. Jerry Seinfeld had his like op-ed response and right, right. Where, where are you? I mean, you've, you're still here. So you're living through it. Do you feel like the city, I mean, obviously the city has changed, but would you characterize it as dead or alive or what? I mean, you know, it's in, 
it's in horrible shape. Mm-hmm. I mean, where it goes, I don't know, you know, but it's definitely, you know, I mean, I just can't leave because I don't belong anyplace else. Right. But, but it's, there's definitely, it's definitely in bad shape right now. Well, Maybe. when you say that, what do you mean when you say you don't belong anywhere else? That's such a funny statement, but I kind of feel the same way. Every place else I've been, I'm like, I love it here. I love it here in LA. I loved LA. I love it. When I go vacation, I'm like, wow, this is great. And then I come back and I'm just on the, uh, coming back from the airport in the cab. And I'm like, oh, I love you so much. <laughs> my home. <laughs> I've always felt like, I mean, I don't have, I've been here my whole life. So I, my friends and family here, but I don't, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't really feel that like return home and love it, but I also just don't think I could go anywhere else. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I think it's just, it's also the personality, like people from, from Detroit state area have a certain, like everybody has a certain personality that they just, you know, that, that it's just, I don't know. People from me is just the way everybody's like this. This is how everybody is. You know, some, I feel like everybody, Massachusetts, you know, in the Midwest, everybody's just like comfortable with their people. That's yeah. I, we, we've said it before with, you know, when we have guests on that, there's just, there's a different vibe and a different connection we have with someone who's from the East Coast. Yeah. And like, we don't even have to know it going in. We could afterwards be like, hey, where's he from, by the way? Like, oh, he's from Jersey. He's right. from Jersey. Like, yeah. no wonder we hit there it. There really up. is a palpable difference in the conversation. I don't know what it is. I mean, I guess, I, you know, you're just more personable or whatever, but there really is a big difference. But it's also, we speak fast. Like, this conversation yeah. is very fast. You know? Yeah, I feel like sometimes you're talking, to, if, if, especially if like Middle America, they like literally can't keep up. <laughs> like, what? What are you saying? No, no, you know. And um, yeah, it's always amazing. Yet when you think about it, some of the greatest comedians, I mean, Richard Pryor, Sam Kennison are both from the same town in Illinois. Wow, weird. Isn't that weird? Some yeah. I don't know what it's called Skokie, one of these towns. Yeah, not Skokie. But um, but anyway, yeah. There's a lot of. It's always funny to me because. When I was growing up, all the great comedians came from Boston. Yeah. All these Boston guys, you know? Yeah. What, what do you think that is, too, though? I mean, I feel like Boston does have a pretty a pretty long list of guys who either really, like, cut their teeth there or or just happen to be from there. And I think it's a lot of it has to do with the fact that the audiences are so mean in, like, in a healthy way for comedy that you just have to be good. To another level in Boston, you know, guys are assholes. It's, it's weird that, because, like, when I was living in Boston, stand up comedy like wasn't like a a thing, really. You know, like like in New York, there'll be plenty of times where we're hanging out, having a beer at dinner, and it's like, hey, you want to go to the cellar tonight? And like, I don't think in my I probably lived in Boston for five years, six years. I don't think one single time anyone ever suggested let's mm. go to a comedy. I, I honestly, I don't know if I could tell you where a comedy club is in Boston. Really? Do you think that's just you though? Like, yeah, you no, doing that? it died so hard in those years. The 2000s, it died. It used to be in the 80s, it was the best place on the planet because <laughs> they paid the most money. Because this guy, Mike Clark, was the big booker and he just paid a lot of money. And so it. you made more money in Boston for one night. And it was shows everywhere. There were six clubs in Boston, small city, mm. six comedy clubs. And uh, yeah, but then it did die at the the 2000s, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, they were, I, I, there were a few times where we'd like, yeah, like, we should go to a show at some point in the next week or two, but it was, and we never, we never went. But it, here, I mean, I've gone to, I go to comedy clubs, well, obviously when they're open, I go to comedy clubs all the time because it's just like, hey, what do you want to do tonight? 
So what, what the hell was the answer when you and your friends said, what are you going to do tonight in those days? Blackout. Yeah, just drank. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, uh, do you listen to podcasts, Colin? No. Are you, do you, do you like podcasts? Would you consider doing one? Do you not care for them? Do you think they're, they're stupid? No, I like them. I just, it's not for me. Yeah. Like I, I mean, it's, it amazes me. It's the same thing with what radio used to be. It amazes me, but keeping it going for that many hours is not easy. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's not, I couldn't do it. I mean, I probably, Oh, I think you could do it. I def. I mean, I you, you 1000%, maybe you wouldn't like it, but could you do it and be good at it? A billion percent. But put it this way. Does anyone need another comedy podcast talking about comedy with other comedians? That's the problem. Yeah, I but uh, you're probably right. But again, you're, you, you are one of these, you know, one of like two or maybe three guys who I think people do want to hear it from. I'm just pitching you to make you do a fucking podcast. <laughs> yeah. You should do it. Leave money on the table. Yeah. I mean, but the problem is that, that I feel like comedy in particular, they've got people to do that. So yeah. it's like I'm going to jump in now and talk to the same other people. And then every time I say something, I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But forget about what you said to that guy. Here's what I want to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Talk to me instead. Well, Rogan is obviously the king of it. Uh, today, today, I guess somebody asked Donald Trump, would he do a four-hour debate with Biden, with Rogan as the moderator, which is actually something, I don't know if you've seen it, but over the years on the internet, there's always been a little bit of a grassroots movement from people to be like, Joe Rogan should debate, uh, should, should moderate these debates. And oh, now, yeah. like, it's, I don't know, maybe a step towards actually coming to fruition Pretty fucking wild. That would be great. A stand-up comic moderating the debate would be the greatest. But, I mean, um, you know, I mean, I w- that would be the greatest thing ever. I would, throw, I would throw your name in that ring. I, I feel say, like you would could you do have a any really in good job in it. I don't know if you'd like it, but I think you could do it for sure. But they don't want – I don't have a podcast. I mean – you know. Dude, you you know that you're Colin Quinn, right? You know who you are. Like if, if they said tomorrow Colin Quinn was the moderator, people would be like, "Who? He doesn't even have a podcast." You could do it, dude. I promise you. Oh, how about this? I do an episode of Tough Crowd with Trump, Biden, Kamala Harris, and Mike Pence. Let's go! Now we're cooking with gas. I love it. What an idea. Uh, all right. So the other thing we do here, uh, we have a show called Answer the Internet, where we've compiled all of like these crazy hypothetical and kind of mind-bending uh, questions that we've heard over the years on our show and, and gathered from the internet. Uh, do you mind if we hit you with some of those? Yeah, sure. All right, let's do it. So we're going to do uh, – let me pull up the list of questions here. <clears throat> um, it's on the bottom of the screen. Oh, okay, cool. All right. <clears throat> Answer the internet with Colin Quinn. Uh, who's the number one celebrity, we'll do dead or alive, whose birthday party you would want to attend? Um, number one celebrity dead or alive was birthday party. I would want to attend. Um, well, you know, I attend, you, you heard my famous Robert De Niro birthday party story, right? That's the number to, one one. To remind the audience. I did Robert De Niro's birthday party, his 60th birthday party, and I bombed so badly, I not only ruined his birthday, <laughs> 10 years later, him and his wife were outside the cellar. Jim Norton goes, Hey, remember when Colin did your birthday party? And both of their faces darkened 
with hate. <laughs> Ten years later. <laughs> what what do you remember like was there like a specific joke or a moment that I you were like holy shit? Yeah. <laughs> I remember the entire blow my blood. I remember her calling me and saying, Hey, I'd like you to do this birthday party, just do your De Niro impression for two minutes. And I remember me like Ralph Cramby going. I'll do better than that. <laughs> I remember the waiter's faces when I got there, like envious, like I tried to be an actor and this guy's making a living in showbiz. I remember the waiter's faces when I left, disgusted. And- <laughs> <laughs> was it really that bad? Like I can understand the impression maybe, but like at this point you're a it, professional well, comedian. Like, it, I t- I mean, I've told the story, but my suit was drenched. <laughs> My suit, not my shirt. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now Bob De Niro. I didn't even sweat on stage. <laughs> my whole suit was drenched. <laughs> One of monumental. I don't Isn't think that, I've ever seen a wet suit. It's <laughs> a, when you get the pit stains in the jacket, it's special, man. That is special. It was, it was, it was, so that's the birthday party I would definitely would not attend. You know what? I mean, obviously you don't want to ever bomb. But now looking back on it, isn't it almost better to have that story that you bombed so colossally? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'd rather have killed and gotten in forever with Scorsese and De Niro and those guys. But given the choice between mediocre and that, I'll take the bomb. Bomb every time. Do you still, you said, do you get nervous on stage at all anymore? Do I get nervous? Yeah. No, you get a little bit bit excited before. Yeah, you get a little bit nervous, I guess, but not not in a bad way. But you get nervous, yeah. Crazy. you need a couple of minutes to get up, you know, like you can't, like some guys, they'll talk to you and go on stage. Most of us, you have to need two minutes alone. Mm-hmm. Focus, get in the zone. Face, get in there, you know. Yeah. But, um, uh, question number two. Oh, oh, yeah. If you were kidnapped, what TV cast would you want to come save you? If I was kidnapped, what TV cast? Does that have to be a show now? Or no, show? no, 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 whatever you want. I mean, I would say, you know, this is one of those questions today. I mean, obviously, every guy, let's just take this question and say 1998. Okay. Right? So the answer to the question would be like something sexual with whatever, you know, Baywatch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So now you can't say that, even though that's we went to save you, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now... So what are you going to say? The The answer would be like, oh, I'd like it to be, you know, The Sopranos. Well, that sounds sort of like weird. Like, what, you need other guys to say? <laughs> so this is what I'm talking about. There's got to be a place between toxic masculinity mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, being a little, you know, a wilting flower waiting for a big pussy to save you from, you know what I mean? Yeah. Let us know I, when you find that middle ground. I, I, I'd ask for the queer eye for the straight guy. I want those guys to come save me. <laughs> a trans-related show. Somebody that's sort of compromising between the two. Um, yeah. What would you do if you only had 30 minutes to live? If I only had 30 minutes to live? That's a short time. Jeez. Not a lot to get done. I couldn't even take a shit in 30 minutes. <laughs> well, all right. What if, I, what if I gave you 24 hours? If I had 30 minutes to live, I would... I would buy a pack of cigarettes and smoke like twelve of them. <laughs> Just let them rip. Have you? Have you? Do you still oh, smoke? No, I haven't smoked in 
20-something years, but I mean... I was miss it every day. Yeah, just sit there and rip them. <laughs> like, Colin, what are you doing? I'm almost about to die, dude. I'm, <laughs> I'm on number <laughs> fucking nine. Waldo <laughs> Ritz. <laughs> what? Oh, those those just... They they go down like glass, man. I don't know. Those are fucking <laughs> tough. Uh, <laughs> I guess keeping with the theme uh, of dying here, what's the most embarrassing way to die within the confines of your average day? So a normal day well, in Colin Quinn's life... What's the well, worst way you could die? I almost died a very embarrassing death. I was driving when I lived in L.A. I was driving in L.A. Or maybe I was visiting one time. But anyway, I was driving and I had a big gulp. One thing I love about living in L.A., I got a big gulp. I used to have a truck, a nice big gulp, and then, you know, pretzels or whatever. So this day. Wait a minute. Well, you're driving like a pickup truck or whatever with a fucking big gulp? Yes. <laughs> okay. So, I did not picture that, but all right. So. I'm driving, but this day I made a fatal error, nearly fatal. I bought a box of Triscuits. So I finished my big gulp. I didn't realize I was done with it. So I kept eating Triscuits. I know. And I started to choke to death on the Triscuits. <laughs> and I was like, ah, ah, ah. And I was driving, I was like, and I was thinking in my head, oh no, like, I'm going <laughs> to die of choking on Triscuits. <laughs> Out of all the snacks, too. Like, if you told me you died choking on pretzels or potato chips, but if you died choking on a Trisky, you're a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I, they, look in, they look in, and I've got, like, a, a Miley Cyrus tape. In my <laughs> I had a buddy who got in a car accident uh, one morning while he was uh, putting uh, jam on his bagel, and the cops <laughs> gave him a DUI test, and he didn't tell them. He wanted them to think he was drunk. He's like, it's better. It's better. Like, I'd rather have them think I'm drunk than I was. <laughs> that was spreading my jelly on a bagel. jam on an everything bagel. <laughs> like an old queen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's here's a question from one of our. Uh, this is one of our all time favorites. Here, are you smarter than Christopher Columbus today? With your knowledge in the modern world, are you smarter than any of the greatest like Renaissance minds from you know the 1300s? Um, absolutely not. No, I'm I with mean, you. Yeah, you might have more knowledge of things that exist, but nobody's smarter than these people. Yeah, but you also think about like, you know, there are certain things that they believe to be true, which just were not that you do. Yeah, you know, you even just you knowing certain things would make you technically smarter than them. No. Well, but what did, we're going to find out someday? So some idiot two hundred years from now will be smarter than us. Yeah. I think about that. What do you what do you think today is the you know, there was a time where the whole world believed that the sun revolved around us. Right. What do you what do you think that we're going to learn 200 years from now? That's like, can you believe those idiots in the year 2020 believed? Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, like, uh, well, probably alien life. Yeah. You believe in it? Yeah. You think they're one of them? (laughs) <laughs> you think they've been here at all what's that you think aliens have been here at all well they keep trying to say they have been now right yeah that, that latest report was pretty fucking crazy i know and it's like it's just strange if they if they if they haven't been they went to a lot of trouble to put something like that down for what reason you know yeah yeah it seems like going out of your way for a little bit uh do a couple more here uh how famous do you think someone needs to be to be con- to for their death to be considered an assassination. Um, well, I think I think I mean there's not that many assassinations in history. 
How famous? Like what? Yeah, well, that's what I mean. Like, if you get shot tomorrow, are they going to say Colin Quinn was assassinated? If you get shot on stage, would it be assassinated? Ooh. Right? Kind of think it would be. You're right. An assassination has to take it. It has to take place in a. You have to be on a platform. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, but then what if, like, you know, I don't know, some Joe Schmo who's up on stage that night, he gets shot. He's not getting assassinated, is he? No, that's true. But I mean, that's a good question. Is what are the what's the physical layout? We all know assassination is political people, but it's also a physical layout. So it has to be somebody looking up, like even JFK, the grassy knoll. Mm-hmm. If it just Lee Harvey Oswald, it wouldn't have been an assassination. <laughs> Down. <laughs> <laughs> Would you, um, if I gave you a billion dollars right now, but you're never allowed to leave the state of Ohio, would you take it? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They these guys fight me on it. It actually used to be something like a trillion dollars, and we had to scale it down. They all say they wouldn't take it. I would take a billion dollars, and you could put me in like a single house for the rest of my life, dude. What do I? What do I do with a billion dollars in Cleveland? I don't know. Whatever you want. Columbus, Cincinnati, some of Cleveland is cool. <laughs> <laughs> I said, with that kind of money, you can bring whatever you need to you. Look at Chappelle. He hasn't left. He doesn't have a billion dollars. He hasn't left Ohio for you know. He's got everybody flying in to visit him. Yeah, right. Right. You got that money. You can bring it home. It doesn't matter yeah. where you are. You know, so you never go to the beach again. No, you don't I strike mean, me as a beach guy, Colin. Those wave things now. Those wave machines. Yeah. <laughs> are you a beach, pool, or lake guy? Beach. Yeah. Oh, wait, beach? I thought you said pool. I I was so sure you weren't going to say beach there. I can't see you on the beach. You know, everybody said, here's what drives me crazy in life, but it's the way it is. People always say that about me. You know, you don't like the beach. I go, I love the beach. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I mean, you can't judge a book, man. Uh, One more here for you. Uh, You know, you're familiar with the movie The Purge, where crime is is legal for 24 hours. If if The Purge happened, uh, would you participate, and what what crime would you commit first? Um, I would probably... You know, it used to be a longer list. I've matured, but I probably commit murder. <laughs> I love that the matured answer. I go fucking kill him. More people. It used to be a purge within a purge. Now it be a couple of select people that I probably, I mean, either kill or badly wound. <laughs> like, all right, give me who's the number one target. I really can't. <laughs> Give me a hint. What does this name rhyme with? <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> well, listen, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate the interview and playing our game here. Uh, you really are a legend, man. And uh, and thank you so much for coming on. It's a big moment for us. So appreciate it. Come on my new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it is out uh, September 22nd, right? Go overstated. Coast to coast roads to the 50 states. Uh, Thanks, man. You guys are great. Go get it. Thank you, Colin. Have a go, man. Anytime you want to come back on, open invite. I'm sure sure Colin can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) I've got some issues that nobody can see. And all of these emotions are pouring out of me. I bring them to the light. It's only right. This is. Soundtrack to my life. Soundtrack to my life. 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 Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh.
Yeah, uh-huh Yeah, no, no, no Yeah